Let's Hello start this shit. And broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Doctor uh, Danger Radio Show. I can, you know, just turn on the track because I know how to do that. I still need to update my fucking dog. Really? Yeah. I literally bought a newer version, but I still keep using the one that, like, right now. <laughs> well, if I get the newer version, I'll be down on recording, like, equi- like, uh, like recording software for a minute. Yeah. If I fuck up and, like, it doesn't happen in a day. Plus, that's literally, like, it might be two hours of my life. That and all the plugins I have to get. Let's just do it before you go to bed. Not tonight, no. Uh-huh. I was needing, like... Good friend Bone Steel to like just hang out with me and coach me on that shit. And yes, listeners, I talk in the intro. Why? Because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Either way, welcome back to the Doctor That Danger Radio Show with your boys James and Edward. Welcome. Edward, what's good? What's good, everybody? My, I'm Edward. Um, it's a day, you know. It's it's a day where it's like, um, well, it was my day off, so I was just chilling. Yeah, uh, this is my <laughs> Friday, and hopefully we can hammer out this podcast in a good amount of time where I can grab a pizza. Yeah. Like, most good pizza spots close at 9, so hopefully we could get that done in a timely manner. But obviously. Well, I'll... T- and remember, listeners, there's always timestamps. If you just want to get to the meat of the podcast so you yourself can have time for pizza well, I mean- or whatever delectable Friday delights that you like to indulge when it's your Friday... That got salmon today. Well, I was going to well, say... that sounds uh, fucking dank. I was going to say, uh, you know, it was funny. I was... um, You were wanting to speed through this. Uh, in my notes, uh, we were talking about uh, ta- reviewing our album Oh, no. Of the week. Fucking Transporter might take a minute. Transporter might take a minute. That is full stop. But, like, I didn't really... Spoiler alert. I didn't really have much to say on this album of the week. I don't know if you... Good. I don't know if it touched your penis Fuck a lot. Fuck no. Okay. Fucking spoiler alert. Okay. You know what's funny is I was listening back to our Transporter 2 review bits and pieces, uh, mainly because I wanted to hear... Oh, by the way, I'm back in the studio. Yeah, that too. Uh, I wanted to hear the part where we were... Your mom didn't get COVID. Yes. And and my bandmates are wanting to jam with me again since they're going... I guess Omicron, the fucking Decepticon virus... (laughs) Freaking only like takes three days to like show you know what, up in your icky sicky. You know what Omicron I think of is um the guys that made Heavy Rain, who also made Indigo Prophecy, uh, who also made Detroit Become Human. Their first game Those are video games. Their first yeah, their first video game was called Omicron, but with a K. It was some weird sci fi game. Yeah, David Bowie helped do the soundtrack. That sounds tight. Anyway, I was gonna say, um actually the game sucked. But the point I was getting at was I was Good. it was listening to that Maybe. review. Maybe I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I was looking at a review last night and I remember you were going on the bit about how, hey everybody, we're not a music podcast and you were just really intent and on like, hammering that. But we in. spent a fucking hour talking about music. See, I'd have no problem if we be if 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 our podcast is literally just B movies and fucking music. But I but I love music. But I was just it was just funny. I was just thinking about you have such a weird love hate relationship with music because the music clearly loves you, but you 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 you've always been you've always tried to be real casual about your music but somehow you're always getting a new band gigs you're doing a session drummer stint right now your death metal band gets tours but then when i talk a to tour. you about, but then when i talk to you about it, you're just like fuck dude all this music shit i got too much shit going on and 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 i'm just like I, I just always thought it, it was loves, funny it the won't. weird the weird cuz music loves you but you you like music but, you know, I just always think that's funny. 
I would think I'd be doing other things. Yeah. I wouldn't, I never thought myself I'd be doing, I'd be so musically fucking inclined at this point. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't spend my, I spend most of my week after work grabbing dinner and then I come here to go play drums. Yeah. Well, one, because I need to like practice because I'm gonna like, you know, do like, I get musical obligations where like, I need to keep up with my playing. And so I do have fun with it. Believe me, no, I do have fun hanging out and jamming. Oh, yeah. But I do have obligations that do drive me. If I don't have obligations, I go fuck off. <laughs> not going to lie. Now, obviously, I'm not like good friend Dylan, who's my guitar player, who I always tell him, <laughs> practice. He tells me, why bother? I have never no need to practice. And then when I have to fucking record him... It's like a fuck we spend days on one song. You know, when you put it like that, it makes Dylan look really bad. He's not wrong, though. It's a running gag. And a it's toxic like, wizard. why? I think we sound fine. Don't make me actually like pay play the track back. Don't make me play the track back and actually pay attention to you. It oh, never man. turns out well. Literally, literally, there was a pseudo argument at practice last night where Jay's was like, hey, Dylan, why don't you practice? And then long story short, it ended up with Dylan yelling at James, I will break your fucking drum set. Because I keep annoying him by saying that. But there is an epiphany. Good friend Bone Steel has said to me, I feel like D- Dylon's p- like guitar playing is more of a social activity for him than actually just, oh, hey, I'm just jam- like, you know, trying to hone a craft. I mean, I guess I just remember when we knew him in high school and he was like him and Jake were the music guys, you know? Well, so was an ex-friend redacted back then who now lives in Arkansas. Yeah. But, you know, he had a he he thought he was cool. He had an eight string guitar and listened to Macedon and Lamb of God all day. And you think like, oh, wow, it's just so compelling. And then you look back and like, are those even cloud pants during that time period? Well, Macedon won a Grammy two years ago. Not a Grammy. Uh, well, they won some musical. Well, award. yeah, no, Mastodon's fucking massive. These are all like they're ma- massive now, which is really weird because I can still remember when Crack the Sky came out, and that's really surreal. Yes, it really is. Oh man, you know, speaking of music, because I'll be honest, I really didn't have much to say this week. Do you want to just get in the hot or not? Fucking let's do this. All right. Did we have a hot or not this week? Oh yeah, no, we have okay, a hot or good. not. Alright, this week's hot or not. <laughs> let me fucking pull it let me pull up the information. Um, what you got, Guitar Hero? Ah, uh, dude, well fucking yeah, no, like where I was pulling up the bumper, <laughs> I was like ranting how I'm like these young fucks that I hang out with, they play on hard on Guitar Hero. What the fuck's this shit? I'll <laughs> fuck them up. They barely- I'll throw a fucking expert. Yeah, like bro. they can play actual guitar like than I can. But when it comes to fucking Guitar Hero, they're fucked. Yeah, bro. I'll fuck them up. No fucking star power, bro. Yeah, dude. Get hard fucked. barely uses the orange button. Like, what are you even doing? Yeah, what the Is bullshit? That, that's not even Guitar Hero. Yeah, come on. What are you, you fucking youngsters? You come into my fucking that actually territory? actually play guitar? I'll fuck you up with this fucking plastic bullshit. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So what's the song this week? Um, you know, I gotta wait for Spotify. Damn it, Spotify. And I don't want it to play just yet. True. But today's song is by the artist known as Nia. Nia. And the song is called Some Say. Let me pull up. Nia sounds, that name sounds familiar. I'm probably thinking of something else. Well, she has uh, 4,796,550 monthly listeners. So Damn. I think she is 
has some popularity to her. Yeah. Okay, cool. What's her? Uh, yeah, sure. What's the bio? All right. So is this like, is this really long? That's uh, two paragraphs. Because the last guy was the last band last week was a sentence. Yes. <laughs> so we got two paragraphs. So okay. be prepared. After dedicating the past five years to working behind the scenes as a pro- prolific songwriter, 2019 marked the beginning of a destined transition for a multifaceted creative born Leanne Soldahal. I think this is fucking. This is a what? Swedish name. Okay. There's a fucking Ulan on the O, so you know this. Oh a, shit. Yeah, with her foundation rooted in crafting anthems that span the haunting depths of whimsical and whimsical peaks. What? Of comp- of like contemporary pop-driven landscape. She made her for formidable introduction as Nia with the release of 2019's "Some Say." Okay. This isn't it. We're in 2022, Bone Steel. Why the fuck do you keep sending me now three-year-old songs? Fuck. I, I thought hot or not, the fucking goal was to give us something in the goddamn recent popularity. Unless this song has been popping off in the fucking past week. Well, that's what he told us. I when think the- he fucking fails in this damn gimmick, Jake. God <laughs> fucking damn it. Well, that's what he said. The whole point was he was like, you guys don't do, you guys don't review anything new or trendy. Or, or recent, but you tell me, is this song li- specifically three years old? I don't know. It's from 2019. Like, I'm sure it's like two years and some odd months well, old. Yeah. Like, like technically, but dude, 20 fucking 19, bro. We didn't have fucking, we didn't have to wear masks and, and vaccinations, bro. Come on. This is a different fucking world. Why yeah, are you man. sending me this shit, Jake? All right. We're, we're losing topic. The road to releasing her own music was assented by a variety of impressive accolades, ranging from collaborating with Zara Larson, mm-hmm. Maggie Lindemann, mm-hmm. Tove Strike. I thought you were going to say Tobey Maguire. No. <laughs> Fucking sure. Spider-Man. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Tinny Tempa. Tinny? It Literally, the name is T-I-N-I-E. Tinny? I don't know. Tinny? It might just be tinny. Tinny, Tempa. Tiny. All right. Gray and Axwell, mm-hmm. among numerous others, comma, to come, the commemorate, to C-U-L-M-I-N-A-T-I-N-G, cumulation, cumulating over one billion streams as a co-writer on Larson's Lush Life, don't worry about me and TG4M. With some say, ca- like catapulting Nia's career to new heights and reintroducing her to the masses, the release successes serve as an undeniable indicator she's on the right path as a radiant creative. Uh, I had I had a burp so bad right on that <laughs> last sentence. Well, this sounds. I'm gonna be honest. When they were, when that thing was listing off all those names, I had no idea who any of those people were. I probably listened to songs they've written, but I had no idea who any of them were. All right, what did Jake say to me? I right, my favorite song of the new year. It's a pop track from Europe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's European. Let's listen to some damn Nia. Let's do it. And by Nia, I need to get the levels in. Yeah. This sounds like. This sounds like 2014 girl with an acoustic guitar on YouTube. 
Nice vocal melodies, though. You know what this kind of reminds me of? I just watched Encanto for the first time the other day with the uh, with the with the uh, with the significant others. What the fuck you say? I can't hear. I did not hear what you said. I got this fucking pretty voice in my damn hand. Son of a fucking bitch. All right, listeners, I fucked up and didn't have the track going. As you might have noticed, like, why do I hear no music and them talking about it? Now, you got the fucking track going. Yeah, I said before we cut off, I said this gives me, like, 2014, like, a woman with an acoustic guitar on YouTube vibes. I do like the vocal melody, Well, there's melody, a though. fucking production to it. Yeah, I do like the vocal melody. Well, this is some weird, sad, bone steel like music. I could say that. I like, I like sad music. Sometimes. Well, most of the time, I listen. My favorite band's Nine Inch Nails. You know what this sound kind of reminds me of? I just watched Encanto for the first time a few nights ago. This music. This has to, no. This is some fucking boy band melody. This is like a Backstreet song or in sync. Fucking. Hold on, hold on, let me. Not that. You gotta wait till the chorus. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Yeah, I want to hear it again. I know, we're intentively listening. There's not much commentary. Okay, here we go. This is like when Bon Jovi worked with that boy band producer. Yeah. Oh, this is totally boy band backing track. This is so fucking too that God, where the fuck is this from? Tell me why. No. This might be something else. No, it is, but... This has to be, like, so... I know I've heard this on my Euro... 90s Euro dance trash. <laughs> or it's a fucking Cascada. I've heard this before. My money's on Cascada. I don't think people understand how, like... Not revolutionary, but how, like, big of a deal Cascada Or just how much fucking dance music I've ever listened to, and I know these melodies in my fucking back of my subconscious. Haha, Jake, I know more melodies in your my subconscious than you. Swedish producers have a real, or at least European producers have a real noticeable way with melodies. Yes, and also have a tendency to be reusable. I'm not gonna lie, I kinda like this. No, no, the song is cool, but I'm just trying to remember where the fuck I heard this from. is looking very intently all around. No, I'm trying to find... I think I might have thought of sing. Because, like, I'm so... I'm saying... I think I might have cracked the code. Hold it. <laughs> what are you doing? She's got I a cra- nice voice. I want to comment. She's got a very nice voice. Yes. Fucking... I know I fucking... God damn well, it. Well, Whoa, talk I'll, about the yeah, track. I'll, I'll talk while you so you focus on that. Um yeah, I liked it. Um it, it's one of those things where um I've heard similar songs before with varying levels of production, either by uh, independent musicians or by other YouTuber not you yeah, by um not YouTubers, but like other big name musicians. Um it sounds like something that should be like in like a commercial or Yo, listen up no. story about a little guy that lives no. in a blue 
This is almost. I think. I think this is the track I'm thinking of. Wait, is this song finally on Spotify? Yeah. It hadn't been for a long time. There were only covers. Oh, I haven't heard this in forever. Wait, these guys are French. Well, I mean, it's still European, but yes. Is it? I feel like it. It's Whoa. not this, but I feel like it's almost close. Oh, there's the. I mean, I can vaguely hear it. I could be fucking wrong. I would have to search for some other stuff, but we'll be here forever. Yeah, we're totally not a music podcast, you guys. We don't just sit here and listen to fucking music and talk all goddamn day. And Edward's just dancing away. All right, let's I love that song. You want to? Yeah, I know. I like every time we go to Hot or Not, we go to some fucking deep like I'm. What the fuck? Haha! Oh shit! Oh shit! I'm a fucking. I fucking know my bullshit, bro. Oh man, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But oh dude, trust me, it happens to me. It happens to me semi often. I'll uh, I'll hear some song. I'll be like, oh, this sounds like some random ass tune from whatever. It's I I totally get it. Oh man, that's that's funny. That's really funny. Well, I saw that mystery, but I like blue. I'll give the song a hot. I like this is soft blue. But I know I literally am sitting there. I was like, why do I feel like I know this? And I'm like, no. It might be blue, but there could be another songs. But it's kind of close. Oh man! And that same bouncy rhythm, melody rhythm going. Every time I think, every time I think of Swedish music producers, uh, I always think of Toxic by Britney Spears because that song had like three different producers. So we saw that Mr. and Hot or Not. I'll give it a hot. I like this track. Because yeah, it was fine. It was good. But I know it's like Bo Steel's been fucking listening to fucking Eiffel 65's Blue <laughs> on like a minute. I'm like, I'm like, bro. Hey, it's a good song. I just know this fucking garbage European music on repeat. <laughs> bro, I listen to Scooter. Jake, you fucking suck, bro. Go listen to some fucking Scooter, you poser weenie. No, he's too busy still blasting that one uh, three, Third Eye Blind record Oh, every dude, one well, of the fucking best Scooter songs actually... One of the best Scooter songs is fucking one cover. I'm, damn it. I, it's like, I know I like, should not fucking play. Nia, goddamn, go away. <laughs> I already listened to you once. I don't need you anymore. God damn! So yeah, this track gets a hot. Um, are are you are you are you are you gonna look for that song you you were talking about? I'm gonna play a fucking scooter song. Cause fucking now we're going. De- we've already we've already went down this damn. Is rabbit this cursed? Hole. Is this blessed? Or no, could this be blursed? This fucking po- this fucking episode might be cursed on fucking me and with a goddamn ox cable. Oh man. Well, let's just hope it's actually recording this. Well, it should be recording this. Time. I'll fucking make sure. God fucking damn it. Okay, what's this? You're going to hear some fucking click clacks oh, like that. That was right in my brain. Yeah, but it's not on audio. It touched my cerebellum. Uh, I actually want to see. This song's a cover. I want to know if you can fucking pick it up. Oh, this should be good. I'm either going to look smart or stupid. I didn't press record yet, but now I did. This sounds interesting. Come on. I was... 
When I first listened, like, I know this fucking song. Sounds so familiar. Scout away to the chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I know. We're just gonna feel so stupid. You know what's actually fucking ironic? Later in Transporter, we're gonna be talking about some fucking techno music. Yeah, we are. Alright. What? You know you know what song it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scooter covered this song? I accidentally stopped the fucking recording for a second. Oh my! This podcast is amazing this week. Did it get? Did did the podcast get the part where I recognize the song? You never even you like you never you never said what it was. Well, I don't remember you the like, name, but I remember the I remember the chorus. Oh, come on, you fucking know the song. You, no, you know I know did? the song. Who did it? I remember the name. Who did it? I don't. I know the song, but I don't remember who did it. It's fucking the. It's the Kiss Disco song. That's right, bro. Do you know the longest business I've heard that? What do you think? Bro, I, that's do you think the I best, that on dude. EP? Bro, that's the best fucking Kiss song. All others do, are fucking like mediocre crap, hey, except that one. Hey, Love Gun is what is Detroit? Something. Okay, I'm Detroit rocks. Okay, listen. I apologize. Bro. I don't mean Kiss to say they're mediocre band. I'm not a big Kiss fan. Except they are a meme. Oh, I've gone on record saying I think Kiss isn't that good of a band. They're I've like, gone and said it at least once. But yeah, no, I think their best song is the fucking their disco song, and that's the most hilarious. If we're shit. being a meme, yes. If we're not being a meme, I think their best song no. might actually be Rock City, Detroit Rock no, City. No, I'm full on like I'm not memeing on this. Wait, one. Wait, you're being serious? Yes. No, the best Kiss song is the damn disco song. I don't know. If that, I don't think that's a compliment. <laughs> Well, I'm not fuck. Well, I'm not loaded like Kiss. So who gives a fuck what I say? Oh, that's yes. That's I'm influencing so many damn fucking people. Uh, I'm pulling up my notes. All right, we're gonna get to the to the to the record. Yes, we're gonna talk about what the fuck we listened to this week. Um. So the, okay, the, this this project had a weird name, and and I say that because like. Straight up, even uh, um, with with James was reading off the name, he was like, "I have no idea how to pronounce this." They're called Scritty Pilotti. yeah, Scritty Politi or whatever, and it's their record, Cupid and Psych eighty five. Now, I'll be completely honest. Pretty much everything else, except for like I don't know, G Love, everything else we've done from this book, A Thousand One Albums You Must Hear Before You Die by Robert. D, I've at least had a passing knowledge about. I had no idea who this was, this band, or anything. So I looked it up, and from what I could tell... Because I read you the book description, and you're like, oh, hey, fucking anarchistic punks trying to play like R&B? Sounds interesting. Uh, No. There's a fuck no 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 no. There's a fucking weird record. I was like, when I threw it, I'm like, oh fucking god, what? This record was very well. Okay, I, we'll we'll just get into it. But just how the first song go? It's called. Um, I'll admit it was a catchy little ditty called "The Word Girl" or "The Word Girl." The word girl, whatever. The word I have no girl. idea what it's about, but because when you told me the description of the guys, I was actually like, I mean, I pay attention lyrics yes, to songs like, anyway, but I was like I'll, really, really paying attention I'm to the like, lyrics. I'm like, are we getting song? some chumba wumba shit? 
<laughs> and I'm like, no, I didn't get Chumbawamba. That would have been way sicker. And yes, Chumbawamba has the one huge hit song that's fucking annoying and shitty, but the rest of their stuff, kind of pretty tight. Were they the ones that had that song, um, Chumbawamba? Like, I get down. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Yeah, okay, that one. That fucking song so is I have so no- annoying. <laughs> so I have no idea what the song's actually about. Uh, I did I did write here at the time. It sounded nice. Nothing amazing, but very catchy. I wrote, this song sounds like it could have been written by the police. Um, oh, and, I, and, and I, I do genuinely think that the music was recorded nicely and the vocals sound really good, like as far as like production goes. Uh, and at the time I wrote, this was pleasantly 80, six out of 10. Just as a reminder, a six is a good. Here's the thing. When I read that book description to you, they fucking like, they said they like kind of sound like Michael Jackson and holy fucking God. The first <laughs> song I wrote down sounds like an after school special and someone really trying to sound like Michael Jackson. I say it was good, but I was kind of bored. Five out of 10. Fair. Track two is small talk. And like, I don't know how to word this eloquently, but like the song was catchy and all, but it really didn't do much for me. I even like replayed the song when it ended because I was like, wait, that can't just be what the song was, right? That's not, I must have missed something. Song two or song one? Song two. Small talk. Just It was just the same drum beat with the same synth thingy. Didn't really go anywhere and it didn't do much for me. This one I gave a five out of 10. I wrote down, like, I feel like I would like this, but it's kind of off-putting a little bit. Not going to lie. The bridge was cool, but God, this sounds like an MJ clone. Five out of ten. <laughs> Track three is Absolute. This song I wrote is absolutely a Prince ripoff, and that makes the song actually a little better-ish, but it's serviceable. The music is fine and all, but it's not engaging me. And, and, I, and I wrote here, I'm not really hearing all the sociopolitical intrigue that all the reviews touted when they were talking about these guys. It's only fine. Six out of ten. Yeah, for song three, I wrote down, this was kind of more the same of the last song, but a little bit better. So I'll give it six out of ten. Maybe it was a Prince ripoff that was maybe add a little spice in this life track four is called a little knowledge all i can tell you is that this song is cheesy i'm pretty sure on purpose see that's the thing the songs are cheesy and so are the lyrics but it's to the point to where i they feel just over the top enough with the cheese where i'm almost like okay is this supposed to be like some kind of weird like satire or oh or parody or a commentary or something well i but took I this fucking tell. very seriously at i took face this fucking, at face value yeah i took this as serious face value as dudes try to be <laughs> some fucking michael jackson clones <laughs> I just or Prince clones. <laughs> I'm just saying, someone's trying to sound like someone. And, and there's a lyric in this song that literally says, "Move a muscle of love." It's interesting. It's not as boring as some of the other songs, so that's a positive. And the keys sound nice. I six out of ten. But I'm starting to wonder if that was too nice. So for song four, oh no, I didn't care for this. I wrote down this. <laughs> I'm like, this is boring and ass. Three out of ten. <laughs> oh. I thought I, I I thought I was being dismissive of the record, because when I don't like something, I, you and me vi, uh, are on pretty similar wavelengths with some of the stuff. But I'm always worried, like man, there's going to be a record where either I just hate and he loves, or vice versa. It doesn't look like this is going to be the one, though. No, nope, not tonight. So not on this day, and not on this episode of the podcast in the year of our Lord. Oh yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Oh yeah, there's that too. No, no. Wait, did we say that last week? Wait, no. This is our no. Is this our first podcast? New Year? No, wait, no. No, is it? 
No. What? No. Fuck. No, it, no. I don't. Wait. No. I fuck. don't remember. Wait. It was last no, Saturday. Wait, yeah, no, 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 no. This isn't our first one. Okay. That was our last one. Okay. Great. And you're like, hey, motherfucker, <laughs> the date says January, whatever the fuck. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I can't remember if we did do one last week, okay? <laughs> he was on the phone. Yeah. And then I remember <clears throat> I was like talking about a Chad shin. <laughs> And stripper assassins. That's right, yeah, yeah. For a fucking hour straight. But yeah, so track five is called Don't Work That Hard. This song sounds like 80s radio bait, if I ever heard it. Um, I wrote here, it sounded like some Huey Lewis shit. Nothing to write home about. Five out of ten. I wrote down, bro, these some <laughs> Michael Jackson marks, but this didn't suck. Six out of ten. <laughs> he went from three to a six. No wait, this is song five, right? Yeah, don't work that hard. Oh no, that was uh, what that was my review for song six. Oh, song five was I'm not vibing. Four out of ten. <laughs> so there was a gradual ascension, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well, track six is called Perfect Way. I think this song actually, I think I almost, I'm pretty sure I almost heard this song before, but I think lyrically it's like a commentary on like rock star relationships with girls or something. I don't know. It's another song I didn't really care about. Five out of ten. And you said you gave this one a six. Yes. Okay. I had the weirdest fucking reaction. What? So yeah, listeners, quick fucking inside my story. I had a show at one venue, but like there was some drama that came up, not for me or any personally, just with the the venue owner where we had to pull out Mm -hmm. and using his venue. So we had to try to find another venue. I have this one lady talking to me, trying to set, like she says she has an industrial lot that we could post up in the city of Lompoc. Oh yeah. And like she's talking, I was like, she went to city hall and there was no clerks there and they told me to come back Monday because maybe she's trying to do it proper and get permits instead it's being like me where I was like fuck it if we got a fucking space we're just gonna post up a go and then industrial lot fuck yeah and I'm like just do it and then like do, like some issues happen it's usually they'll slap you on the wrist for doing it one time and I wrote down a response damn that's annoying she gives me pounding heart reaction why <laughs> and then like she said I'll keep you posted I'm like that was confusing to me <laughs> hey this is very intense why would you heart to react to me going like that sounds annoying? Why when you work with the city when you work with city government and city governments being buttholes like maybe, usual city government? Well, she well maybe maybe she thought that that was your way of comforting her in these tough trying times. I don't know, dude. That's- yeah, neither do I, fucking guy. <laughs> Let's get back to fucking scritty politi. So track seven is called "Lovers to Fall." In retrospect, this might be my favorite song on the record, but I think that's a low bar. So this one started off, I'm like, okay, head's bopping a bit. This is nice. Some upbeat 80s cheese. I like the various uh, chorus and pre-chorus hooks. And yeah, it's catchy. Uh, It didn't suck and I didn't hate it. Six out of ten. All right, song seven. Around this time, I was a little busy trying to do like with some banking and shit because I started a new job. We got paid like two days ago, but the payment didn't go through. Had to investigate if it was my bank. It wasn't. It was my work. They forgot to they forgot to add one more number in my account number. So now I have to wait till like so like shit. But then during this time, this song was playing, and I wrote down I missed this damn song. But honestly, when I was was able to hear it, it was some filler shit. Five out of ten. Like it was good, but I'm like, dude, this is a fucking filler, dude. I got better shit to trip on. Fuck this song. This next one's a weird one. Track eight is called Wood Bees. Like wood, like the wood, like, 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 like tree. 
and bees, B-E-E-Z, like bees nuts. Oh, wait, I actually wrote here more like word D's. No, fuck, I ruined my own joke. It's fine. I don't know. I didn't have much of an opinion on the song. It came and it went. Five out of ten. For fucking me, I wrote down this is more of the same. Four out of ten. Last song is Hypnotize, and I'm not talking about the Fleetwood Mac song, which or is the a biggie, way better song. Or the Biggie Small song, that which is, is a, a better song. which is a better song, <laughs> which too. Is a better song than this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Seriously, you already know the song. I love Biggie. Yes, all right. He only had the two albums, and I know, you know, whatever, but I like Biggie Smalls. I would rather listen to Biggie Smalls than fucking Screedy Politi right now. Uh, I wrote... Well, already, that's past tense. Yeah. Well, I would love to listen to fucking Biggie Smalls and Screedy Politi, and that in past tense. Okay, do you want to hear my my well-thought-out, deeply constructed notes about this song? Oh, fuck, what'd you say? It's fine. Six out of ten. I wrote down, bro, why is this so generic? Four out of ten. I'm starting to think I was too nice, but if I tally up my score together, out of a possible score of 90, this album is a 50, which, yeah, that is too nice, because can can, can, can I just, okay, can I fucking, can I just read you some reviews I found for this album that pissed me off. Oh, fuck. Okay, so check this out. Oh, <clears throat> fuck. Melody Maker said, It may not be the sweetest sound in the world, but it's close. In pursuit of the silkier sensations to be cut from the sow's ear of pop, Scritty's Green, that's the main guy, Green, has finally let the slide rule slip and succumb to sensuality. His guerrilla days as the post-Marxist irritant of his peculiarly capitalist trade aren't completely lost, of course. He's still aware of the irony of this role and nagging snatches of guilt and cries of conscience continually pepper Cupid, subverting its aims. The review concluded that this record is a freestanding product as pop should be. It's smart and sweet, not sickly, rich and seductive, exotic, teasing, tempting, and judging by its persistent insinuation onto my Walkman, yeah, the guy used the word Walkman in his review, a durable, desirable thrill. Sounds wrote, if you only indulge yourself in one smooth, non-alternative chain store pop album this year, make it this. And if we're looking at scores, Village Voice gave it an A minus, Spin a 9 out of 10, Sounds 5 stars out of 5, Rolling Stone and Q gave it 4 out of 5, and All Music gave it a a 4.5. I don't know what record they were listening to. That wasn't the record I was listening to. I didn't like this. How shitty was 1985 in the world of music? That's my question. If this was good, what the fuck was going on at that time period? That's really weird to me because like... I don't say you fucking rock and roll and metal. No, no. If pop was a fucking doldrums of bullshit around that time, fuck, bro. I don't yeah. even want to know. I have no idea. Come on, dude. Thriller must have come out. Like, No, when did fucking Thriller come out? I think... I'll look right here. I think Thriller is um is 90... Sorry, is 84? Let me see. Here. Please talk more into it's the eight, mic. Sorry, it's 82. Oh God! Fuck eighty five. If eighty if eighty six rule if eighty six ruled eighty five sucked. Eighty five must have been bleeding. <laughs> it must have been bleeding from eighty two. Oh and my then god! And something might have happened. Who knows? But dude, fucking god! All right, all right, listeners. I'm gonna like 
Take a quick piss break. Okay. And then we're going to get in the fucking meat of the show. All right. I leaked the lizard. Now then. Time to pick the next album. You know, I mentioned right after we stopped recording, I told James, I said, I think, uh, because I think your least favorite record we've done is probably G Love and Special Sauce. Yes. I feel like I dislike this just as much as you dislike that one. I was not a fan. (laughs) All right. Here we go, book. Left, right, shit, right, forward, back, triple D on the attack. Oh, fuck, we're going to 1950s? Elvis Presley by Elvis Presley. Well, that'll be easy to remember. All right, read 12 songs, 28 minutes. Is this a punk record? Oh, fuck, thank God. This has, uh, let me see if I recognize any of these songs. Blue Suede Shoes, I Think I Know I'm Counting On You, Tootie, oh, he's got a, he does a cover of a Tootie Fruity. Um, oh, uh, Blue Moon. Oh, actually, I think this might mostly be covers. Or maybe he had songwriters, I don't remember. Whatever. How about but, yeah. you just read the description? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I read the fucking Neo one, and you should have some reading. Come on. This is your audiobook <laughs> skills, bro. Um <clears throat> This is not the Holy Grail. That's the first sentence. Indeed, when heard through 21st century ears, long since attuned to the art and technicalities of the album, Elvis Presley's first LP is frustra- is a frustratingly inconsistent record. I thought you were recommending the album, Robert. What is your fucking logic, bro? <laughs> Like, listen, I'll, I'm down to listen to some Elvis Presley, but okay. The collection was pieced together from several sessions. Seven, seven tracks were cut in early 56, uh, <clears throat> just prior to the album's March 13 release, but five were basically leftovers from Sam Phillips' Sun Records in 1954 and 55, recorded before RCA bought out his contract. The, out, the overwrought vocal on the Sun take of I'll Never Let You Go, Little Darling, verges on self-parody. The irony is that Elvis had no public image to mock at that point. And here's a curiosity. Though every CD reissue includes Heartbreak Hotel, the track which propelled the 21-year-old Memphis uh, notoriety to global fame in mere weeks, the original release did not have. Yet there is magic here, and plenty of it. Certainly, um, revolutions have sprung from less. The white boy gospel of I'm counting on you and the jittery rumble through Ray Charles's I got a woman are an early one two punch near the near the end sits the definitively lonesome version of Blue Moon. But the key cut is the most stunning trying to get to you, which pitches Presley's halfway between country boy and torch singer. It is a landmark recording. Are you sure? Because it sounds like you were talking shit in the first two paragraphs, (laughs) bro. Did you just make a fucking random book? Just like, all right, here's a bunch of shit. Go listen to it. Oh man, that's funny. And 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 there's just a little mention here. Um, the cover of the album, which you can see right here, is Elvis with his guitar and he's singing and stuff. He said uh, the guy says it's one of his iconic pictures, and uh, he basically Bro, did the fucking <coughs> Clash rip off that fucking logo wing? That's that what text he, work. That's what he says. It says the Clash agreed, subverting the design for the sleeve of 1979's "London Calling." So yeah, Elvis Presley by Elvis Presley. Next week, everybody, the oldest album. Like, that sounds interesting. This should be interesting because this is like his. Historically <clears throat> pop. This is basically like Well, he's er- the king. Yeah, early form of pop music, so Hey, that fucking screedy polity bullshit. That's gonna be really interesting because I don't know if I've told you this. My dad hates Elvis. I don't know if he hates Elvis, but he doesn't like him. Well So cool. I didn't grow up like uh I think when I was when I was a kid, my dad loved to refer to him as Elvis Pelvis. 
Elvis the Pelvis. <laughs> yeah, Elvis Pelvis. Why the fuck did I lift? I don't know. Dad doesn't have a lisp. Everyone always jokes my dad sounds Canadian. Hey. I don't know, he just has, no, it's just his voice, and it's like, where he, like, dudes like to say, hey, fool. Well, see, my dad is a decently, like, light-spoken dude. He's kind of, like, an intellectually type, but the problem is, is that he is and looks like a cool, tough guy badass. So, you know. Alrighty, ready to get into Trans Cocker 3? Yeah, crack up a cold one. Why? Because we're here to fucking make some explosive noise, dude. We're here to fucking another slam-pack fucking... Movie of fucking Jason Statham and driving a car really fast. <laughs> so fucking who knows what the okay, fucking lost. So spoiler alert, everybody. This is better than the album we listened to. Can I say that? Is that spoiling too much? This oh, is better. fucking way better. <laughs> like here's the thing: this movie has its problems. Yeah, but it's like its concept is like fuck. It's kind of a good concept. Uh, as we go, I don't on. think it's as nutty as train. It's not as nutty no, no, as no, Transporter no. Two. Here's the thing about these transporter movies. There's one thing that you can say: none of these, these, none of these movies are the same. They're not actually. I was watching like, this movie. When I watched the Conjuring movies, <laughs> those all had the same vibe. Yeah, thanks for nothing, James Wan. Yeah, like those are all the same movies. These fucking transporter movies are not the fucking same. Yeah. One is not two, and three is definitely not two, <laughs> yeah. and three is definitely not one. Yeah, there is like these movies are like, hey, let's do transporter, but let's just have a totally do different person just do it. This is basically um, these were all three different movies. But with the same fucking universe. I'm not going to lie. I low-key wish Jason Statham kept making these Transporter movies. Because, hey, hindsight's 2020. Maybe if they made a 4th, 5th, and 19th one like they're doing with John Wick, you know, maybe maybe I'd be sitting here being like, oh, man, hey, these Transporter movies. Even the movies- fucking John Wick movies are the same. Yeah. These Transporter movies are kind of anomaly. Bro, is Frank, <laughs> oh my, Mar- what the fuck? Is Frank Martin the precursor to John Wick? Because think about it. They're He's both, cornier they're bo- and cheesier than John Wick. Because think about it. They were both involved in Secret service e kind of stuff. They both excel at doing skillful things. The only difference is, is that Jason Statham never stopped working. John Wick retired. But they're kind of similar, except Keanu Reeves can't do cool stuff with cars because the only cool car well, movie he's been cool, in was well, Point Break. Hey, there more cool shit with cars than fucking uh, John Wick movies. No, John Wick movies. Not transporter levels, though. Oh, no. Transporter levels. Of fucking he did car- a kickflip in a fucking Audi. You're not getting that John Wick. There's a little realism in John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> None of these fucking transporter movies. Well, I just know we open up with the fucking credit shit. I'm like, ooh, Lionsgate. I can't tell if this is going to be good or bad. You know what's funny? That Lionsgate logo happened and it had this big orchestral like, thing. Wait. It sounded like it was a Marvel movie. I'm like, wait, was there fucking, wait, were the other movies done by Lionsgate? I don't remember. I don't think so. No, because we usually got some goofy fucking bad boys or Matrix style opening. See, I was going to say the first, the second one, like, sort of felt stylistically similar to the first one, if only just because it started off exactly the same. Yes. This movie is almost completely a complete departure i can i can say this this movie didn't have weird yellow piss filters over its shot sometimes no this had fucking puke filters sometimes and, and i'll just say this now this movie had a stupid amount of shaky cam oh it was like i was watching it was like it was 2012 again oh, and i was watching the shield sh- beat on not john even cena shaky cam the fucking action scenes had oh this fucking God. fast forward editing where it's like what yeah There was one moment where there was a gunfight and literally with the fast forward editing, I'm like, 
This this is kind of fucking hilarious. How these like fucking bot like these people just look like fucking marionette puppets and with fucking like fast wear like ba 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 and I'm like. To be fair, that if you see if you see again John Wick, John Wick moves that fast when he's blasting people. No no no, not like this. This was just cartoony, just like it's a shot, it's a shot, it's a shot. I'm like, dude, this was a fucking like laggy video game going on. <laughs> so after three with different this, uh, with the gunfight scene later in the movie, I'm like, what the. F- so this after, just looks funny. And then, yes, Statham just has a stone cold sweaty face going. The whole time, yep. So so after three different logos in the opening, the last one for Europa, which looks like a fucking Final Fantasy intro, we travel across the ocean with a camera shot to a big tanker ship, and I'm like, yo, is this Metal Gear Solid 2? No, it, it's not. <laughs> yeah, Inside, no, this is Transporter <laughs> 3, baby. And Oh my god, I just had the dumbest, nerdiest, cringiest thing. I want to see Jason Statham fight a Metal Gear. Alright, continuing on. Okay, so, fucking Metal Gear. So, inside the ship, we see some dudes rummaging through shit, right? And the cargo holds. Uh, These two dudes open up this one container because I guess they were looking for booze or something. But no, they open up this big vat barrel thingy and and apparently it's some kind of toxic waste. It melts their faces off. And I don't mean with sick riffs. No, I mean, it literally melts their faces. Yeah, I just was like, it was kind of, I was like, dudes in orange garbs open up a fucking sink barrel and it was like gnarly fumes. So I wrote here. Now we have a shot of what I guess is Europe and a. Audi. Yeah, and I wrote here really quick. I said, so this time Statham has to fight against ke- has to fight against chemical warfare. Cool. Or as or as I realized here, if you separate his name, his name is his name could be State Ham. State Ham. Or Stath or Stat Ham. But yeah. So then we cut to this dude trying to cross a bridge, but he's stopped by passport control. I think passport border control. control. Okay, I thought it was border control, but I- so he border pa- patrol control control so he passes through then we cut to statham and inspector clouseau fishing these guys i I wrote here i said these guys are such bros it's great uh the inspector takes like a more active role in this movie too which i really liked so then the pretty boy from earlier stopped again and they want him to like i don't know go to some computer thing but then he just says fuck it and floors it and it's well they want him to step out and like they can process their passports him and the like sleeping lady in the back but i guess he's sketch yo so he's like fuck it i got a mob like (laughs) i i'm like i'm running on fake stuff they're just gonna like if i walk in they'll just like cuff me like oh no you're not you don't have proper paperwork and he's like fuck it i gotta run the damn fucking border patrol and cops now yeah and it's intercut with footage of uh, the inspector and jason trying to catch a fish yes this was hilarious you have a pretty fucking gnarly like cop chase scene and then you have statham fucking ribbing his inspector friend because he fell asleep and he's like all right i'm gonna put a weight on the friggin i'm gonna put a weight on his fishing pole and it's gonna go and i'm gonna fuck with him like hey hey come on you got you caught a fish he's literally fucking with him and when he pulls up and he's like oh you pranked me frank how could you and then like fucking carnage is going on in the other like shot so then um so then that's uh, and right here with this car chase is one of the problems i have with the film we touched on it earlier too many really quick edits the first film like you know when they did their stunt shit they had like long takes where you could actually see it happening the second one had a lot of quick takes too but in this one it's just like boom 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 it's, boom 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 i had to rewind a couple times just to catch the action i'm like what the fuck happened uh, and then after the chase ends, then the inspector and Jason are debating on who was cooler, Jerry Lewis or Dean Martin. 
and then the inspector gets a call because I guess there's because he got word of the carnage and he starts pulling the boat away. But Statham gets a bite of the bite of a fish and he's trying to wheel it in. But the inspector's like, "Sorry, gotta go to work. But we gotta go to work. I gotta go to work. Sorry, Frank." Yeah. By the way, I thought it was funny too because the call is basically calling the inspector, being like, "Hey, some jackass is doing some gnar shit in an Audi," and he looks at he looks right at Jason Statham. Now we get a shot of a sketchy looking gentleman. Yeah, he, uh, I thought this cut to Russia, but it turns out later on it's actually the Ukraine. Yeah, um, so I guess we get like what I thought was a sketchy looking gentleman, which a shot of some lad being interviewed about the environment. <laughs> we see it. Envelope Did you get this dude's ha- name? No, I just kept calling the prime minister. Yeah, I just kept calling him Green Dude. Just call him the minister. Yeah, let's just call him the minister. Whatever. So we get a shot of some lad, the minister, being interviewed about stuff about the environment. Whatever. Politician of some sorts. We see an envelope that has a cell phone. And then we find out that the prime minister that he we find out we have a prime minister in this movie that did an environmental bill that has pissed off some bad guys. Yeah, that's what it was. Ain't that a fucking shift of the movie? (laughs) We went from the the friggin's the first movie. Human traffickers and richy douche people. Yes. To fucking the co- the global? Colombian the Colombian cocaine cartel yeah you know that Colombian cocaine cartel having a fucking super one, virus that one so now Colombian it's like, yeah hey we need to dump trash in the Ukraine well I think it's I think it's more along the lines of like eco terrorism ish they're trying ish. to dump tr- they're trying to dump hazardous look waste. I just know Jason Satham is saving the world this time sort of. Bro, we went from a fucking super virus to now fucking eco to now with a fucking dudes just want to dump trash. <laughs> when you make it sound like that, it makes it just sound like Jason says just picking fights with litterers, just compulsive <laughs> people that litter all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, well, obviously, like littering is a fucking thousand dollar fine. <laughs> Pick up your a hey, give a hoot. Don't pollute or stay. This is going to come in and whip your ass. What would you rather do? Would you rather pay the thousand dollar fine or would you rather get punched by Jason Statham? They both they both suck. One's so, gonna hurt my wallet. One's gonna hurt the wall, hurt the wallet. One's gonna hurt the face. Seriously, his fucking punches knock you out for like a good minute. Like every fucking thug is just dead after yeah. every hit. So anyway, um, so then the sketchy dude, like you said, uh, so that all happens. Well, the sketchy dude the next- turns into I'm like, oh, this is a sketchy looking dude. Oh wait, no, this is the prime minister. I think I don't know. I can't remember. <clears throat> I watched this movie earlier in the week. So then State Ham is at his estate. <laughs> Get it? Okay. So he's at his home. He's chilling on bed, right? Then he gets up to walk to his TV. And then, okay, a car comes through his wall and Statham looks annoyed. He doesn't look concerned. He doesn't even like exclaim or go, oh, or anything that the, a fucking car just went through the wall of his house, basically his front door. He's just like, he just have the acting range to be concerned. And he, like, his face just looks like he's looking at that and he just goes, oh, blimey, that's inconvenient, isn't it? <laughs> hey, so <laughs> oh hey, some dude just oh hey, someone just crashed through my house. It's like a normal Saturday. Why didn't Audie just jump through my car through, through my house? So anyway, seem right. He goes to check the body in the front of the car, and it turns out it's the dude from earlier. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a dude. Yeah, it's that one dude in the Audi that tried to ran, run from Border Patrol. So this scene was really weird because then we get a flashback. But here we had no indication or clear designation of it being a flashback because there's no like you know there's no like screen wipe like in Star Wars. There's no like flash of white. No, he's just looking at this guy 
guy who we find out later his name's Malcolm, and then all of a sudden it cuts to him refusing a deal for uh with someone. Yes, we have a flashback of Statham talking to some big head, big head goon. Like literally, this dude had a big head and had a British thug accent. Yeah. And then Statham denies the job that he's trying to make him do. It's like, well, my boss never, like, whatever. It's like, my boss is never wrong. You are the right man for the job. And Statham's like, well, I don't want to do this job. Yeah. And he's like, well, sorry. My boss, it's my boss's way or the highway. And he's like, well, fuck you. It's my way. And he whips all their whips all these thugs' asses. I like this fight, but I... they They went to attack him. Yeah. And then, like... It was well, like something out of a cheese. It's like what you expect out of a cheesy kung fu movie. Cool, this is a it fucking was, cheesy movie. Period. Well, yeah, but like he's just talking to the one dude. You kind of see some dudes in the background, but once he refuses, like fucking twelve dudes just come out of nowhere. And Jason has to fight them. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're I'm not like, wrong. I'm he like, what is this? Had a casual meeting, and then he said no, and then twelve dudes appear. And like, well, it's I guess I have to fight them. It's literally the stereotype of what people think of when they think of kung fu movies. Rizza would have liked this movie, is what I'm saying. Okay. Yes. So. So I want to comment about this fight. I like this fight, but I hate this fight. There's so many quick cuts. There's so many quick cuts in shaky cam that it looks fake. Okay. That's what I liked about the first one. And I know a lot of like wannabe pretentious film critics like to use terms like, oh, they let scenes breathe. They let this and that. And this. No, I like that because you can actually, you don't need quick cuts and you don't need to speed up the footage to make Jason Statham look like a convincible tough guy who beats the shit out of people. He looks like a convincing tough guy in the first movie when you didn't go boom it was literally it would be like 10 cuts like in like less than five seconds it was headache inducing yeah no 10 cuts and fast forward editing I know it's for like some reason. Jason like, Statham deserves better than that. Here's the thing: the first movie, the fight scenes were perfectly fine. Yeah, and like second one was just ridiculous, but that was a time period. This was just even even more beyond. I'm like, it's like you don't have to do this. Yeah, I know. This it, is just over excessive, and not even good over excessive. No, I know, and that's what it, it, it kind of ruined the fight because it's a good fight. There's some cool action happening, but like. It didn't breathe. <laughs> Whatever. Now when the ambulance arrives for Malcolm, I yeah. think this is when I actually learned his name. We're saying this yeah, guy, yeah. Malcolm. 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 Which I guess Malcolm was the dude that he referred to the fucking big-headed yeah. goon. And Malcolm but keeps, that didn't turn out well. And Malcolm keeps trying to say, don't take me from the car. He's like, why can't you leave the car? He's like, not the car. It's like, what? And then Statham's like, what? <laughs> But then, okay, whatever. Well, an ambulance needs to arrive to help you. Yeah, once the ambulance gets there and take and takes him away, Statham looks in the back seat and he sees the woman there from earlier. I have no idea how he didn't see her earlier, but whatever. I think he was kind of focused on a bloody man. <laughs> Like, this lady was just kind of just crashed out. I think he was focused on his friend and a bloody man and calling an ambulance. And then realizing, oh, shit, maybe for plot convenience, I just realized, oh, hey, there's a sleeping lady here that didn't get wrecked by the fucking car flying through a damn wall. What if Jason Statham needs glasses? But yeah, I don't know. Maybe Statham does need glasses. So So Jason Statham finds a fucking lady just crashed on the back of the car. And this is important to note. He noticed Malcolm was wearing some weird bracelet. He's like, all right, whatever weird bracelet, bro. He goes to talk to the lady and she's like, don't let him leave the car. And he's like, why can't he leave the car? And she's like, not the car. Then she holds up his own bracelet. And then you can see like. And then Statham's just like, he got a light bulb and he's putting two and two together. He was like. Oh shit! Maybe this rip bracelet is sketch 
I don't know why I laughed so hard because he started to book for this ambulance. Yeah, he's running like Usain Bolt <laughs> with a fucking Terminator friggin' face expression, just sprinting. He at was this so fast. I thought he was gonna catch the ambulance. <laughs> I it was. I like, thought he. I thought it I, was cartoonishly fast. I'm like, he looks like Usain Bolt. I, he's like running straight forward to an explosion. I, it just <laughs> happens, and he flies back. I literally wrote here. He Usain Bolts it for this ambulance. I said Usain Bolts it. <laughs> And I swear to you, I was going. I didn't because it. Exp- oh, by the way, the ambulance explodes. Yeah, ambulance I was- explodes, and like it. Com- like he's still like running towards this explosion, and he flies back. And I was gonna say really quick, like freaking. I was. Re- I had it typed out, but I had to delete it because the car, the thing exploded. I was so ready to type. Jason Satham runs faster than a moving car. <laughs> I was ready. I was I was going to accept. I was going to conform to that reality, but unfortunately it blew up. Maybe it blew up because he was moving so fast. It was some weird kind of like seriously? Barry Allen Flash he bullshit. Like, yeah, no, he seriously looked like the fucking Flash, like the bald Flash chasing after this damn fucking exploding ambulance. I love it. It was like, seriously, the editing made it look like he's running so much faster than he actually is. I'm like, what the fuck is going I on? I feel so bad for the first transporter because I feel like objectively that is the better made movie of these. Oh. But the second and third movie, there's so much shit to talk about, bruh. Okay, so that blows up. He goes back to the talk to lady, and the dude from earlier shows up randomly out of nowhere behind him and punches him in the face. Yeah. Knocking him out. And then Statham, yeah, because then we see Statham in his boxers because, yeah, we had to see Statham. He's a stout fella. Yeah, he looks like he's fucking chiseled out of marble. (laughs) He really does. He gets more buff with each movie. Like, he was in shape. He was in shape with uh, in the first one, but he I was just like he just looks like Chippendale. This one he looks like he's he's training for the WWE. Yeah, no, he's looking like he's trying to be a fucking Avenger here, <laughs> or the fucking Fast and Furious movies. Who knows? To be fair, those are superhero movies. I don't yeah. care. By the way, do you know they're coming out with a part? Did you? They're coming out with a tenth one, and it's going to be two parts. I saw that on Jason Statham's Wikipedia page today. I get it. They need to fucking try to capture like Charlize Theron and her fucking evil character. Like they still haven't caught her, so I'm like, well, I guess they're still trying to make a movie because Charlize Theron's trying to and her fucking like big brain hacker skills is this trying to ruin the goddamn world for fucking for fucking family and fast cars? Is that? Is that supposed to be the finale? Because they've been saying it's the la- it's the finale ever since like the fifth one, but it's two parts. Usually, when something has two parts, that means it's the end of something. Please be fucking over. But it's weird because they wanted. Who to- else can you bring? Come but on. it's but it's just weird that they would end it because like they wanted to do a whole Hobbs and Shaw sub thing. They wanted an all female Fast and Furious starring I think Michelle Rodriguez, who's uh, what's her name in the other movies? Oh, Letty. Yeah, Letty. So I don't know. I just know Vin Diesel and The Rock are pissed at each other, and that's really funny. <laughs> I know. But yeah, so Jason wakes up in his boxers. He's a very stout man, like I said. Yeah, he's in this weird, sketchy, saw like fucking saw like room. There's a lot of weird like. This really was only for the Be first half of the movie. Game. This is really for the first half of the movie, but the, for the there's a small period between when he wakes up to when he gets punched, and like there's these weird like music video and audio echoey effects and this like weird grainy like they did this a lot in movies back then. It kind of looks like the stricken music video, and it was really sure off-putting. Did, I don't know. Maybe we were trying to copy Saw, but this fucking scene Saw did do that. They did that a lot. 
which is Lionsgate. Fucking Lionsgate. Oh, sh we're not fucking watching Lion the Lionsgate. You, you, you and your you fucking fast forward editing your grainy bullshit. God damn it, Lionsgate. Transporter did not need this, <laughs> but didn't matter anyway because I thought this movie was so awesome. No, fucking really spoiler, good. yeah. No. Okay, so um, okay, so this was really odd. He's so in a sketchy room, but he has suits for him because why the fuck not? I was so ready to have Jason Statham be in his boxers this whole movie. I was ready because because the second movie already reminded me of Crank and this really reminded me of Crank, especially with all this weird visual shit. Well, it's not going to lie. I think after this movie, we should just go watch Crank. I, I don't feel like not. It's like, I don't feel like departing from Statham yet. I think we should just watch Crank. Here's the thing. Crank 2 gets really gross and grainy, too. Yeah. The first one kind of did, too, but. Yeah, the second one was weird. Oh, we're going to watch them both. Fuck it. Why not? I guess we're watching Jason Statham for the next few weeks. Well, do you do not? Well, I was going to give you a, like, I was going to let you fucking take the board where we're going to figure out to watch next. But part of me is like, I don't want to depart from Jason Statham. Oh, no, I don't I like watching Statham his. Yet. I like watching these. His Plus, movies. he actually has like lots and lots of dialogue in those crank movies. <laughs> so. No, no. God damn it. Why? We have to now. He's going to say some funny shit. And, he, and, he, and, 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 and plus, and plus all that weird freaky shit that I happens with him and Amy Smart. I have rules. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah he, and this yeah. movie is like, I have rules, blah, 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 this. Yeah. But in Crank, he's just like, he's just, I'm paraphrasing, but he's just like, Amy, we need to fuck. <laughs> Thank God we decided what we have to do. Thank God for Jason Statham, man. Where the fuck are we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the fucking Solair where he has suits. This is where we meet our main bad guy. We learn his name later, but for now he's unknown. And what's uh, all right? How do I describe this bad guy? In the first movie, oh, we have a douchebag goatee. Yes. The second movie, we have a handsome Colombian Chad Chin man. Yes. This movie, we have a middle-aged receding hairline friggin' Dracula B movie looking villain. So. If you're playing your villain bingo, what does the villain look like this movie? Receding hairline man. Yeah. So what's I call him hairline? That's that's better than what I had. I just kept calling him eco terrorist. Eco terrorist. But then I stopped, but then I but then I was too lazy to keep typing that, so then I kept calling him E.T. E.T. Well But I'm, I like hairline. Yeah, dude, come on. He had the receding hairline. Plus he had the raspy American voice. I wrote here he's Because you know he's a bad guy when he has a raspy American voice and he has a receding hairline. I wrote here I Either said Either villains have a bad shitty facial hair are more handsome than the protagonist. the protagonist. Oh, he's not more handsome than Jason Statham. Or he has or he's fucking got or he's got receding hairline. Seriously, so a lot of bad dudes have receding hairlines. So I wrote like here. You're kind of a fucking villain if you got a receding hairline going. I wrote Come on, Agent <laughs> fucking Smith, bro. Oh God, don't. The fucking v v Vegeta, bro. Receding hairline gentlemen are bad dudes. That's not. That's not. Vegeta a, don't count though. It's not a receding hairline on Vegeta. I think. I think. Uh, I think Toriyama just really but wanted to give him a wheel's peak. Agent Smith. Agent Smith is that's a good one. Come on, yeah. receding fucking hairline. Goldfinger. Receding fucking hairline. <laughs> Seriously, there's your bad guy bingo. If they have a receding hairline, shitty facial hair, or a handsome jaw, did did well, the bad guy? From maybe we'll see when crank. Maybe we'll find another fucking bad guy Doesn't bingo. Does Jason Statham technically have a receding hairline? I don't know. He could grow out a fucking skull, it bro, and still whip oh your my ass. God. 
but so I really like, hear about the bag. Obviously, his dome's all forehead. Well, yeah. Like, he has, like, hair-ish. Like, the picture I shared to you in the chat, where I'm like, he's like, yeah, no, they did a good job hiding his height. I'm like, are you fucking sure? I just look at his dome, I'm like, he kind of looks like fucking Megamind right here. <laughs> we have a movie to fucking talk about. God fucking damn it. So about this Receding bad guy. hairline. I wrote here, he I appears. said, he's kind of got Chad Chin's charisma, and he's also a, he's also a slimy, creepy I rich think he's dude. A better, I think he's the best actor out of the main villains. But to be fair, you don't really need much for this for these transporter movies. Also, did you notice how touchy feely he got with Jason? Oh, okay, another bad oh, guy. I bingo. found out something interesting. Oh yeah, what, in the does first Satham like to be touched by his bad guys. No, in the original script for the first movie, Frank was supposed to be gay. But they threw in, but I guess they changed their mind, and that's also why they threw in that random ass love scene for no reason with him and Lie, with him and Lie was to uh, was to erase the gay. Why would it matter if they established his fucking sexual orientation? Because it was 2002. That was still something people cared about. I don't know if that's a year. It's like they just want like maybe European subplot that he might be like a gay gentleman. Or can we just get fucking Jason Statham wearing a fucking nice suit just whipping ass? I'll be honest. That would have been pretty. Can you imagine how groundbreaking that would have been? Have a badass like played by Jason Statham, but the character's gay. But no. That would have been some positive representation. No, we got fucking abs and lace pipe. You can be gay and be ripped and lay pipe. True. But lays pipe on women. He yeah. Which is funny because like he doesn't get laid in the second movie. He didn't and in, and in and in the spoiler alert the in movie this movie a- and the first one, he's kind of especially in this one, oh. he's kind of more or less forced into it. Like yes. yes, he does eventually consent, but Frank Martin is a man that doesn't really go well, after get, sex. If you've seen this movie, we're already like going to spoil. Come, come on, we keep losing plots. I'm sorry. Okay, so oh, uh, God damn it. so that so that big buff dude uh, that punched Statham earlier, his you mean boss, the big headed fucking goon. Yeah, his boss just randomly like, kills dude, he has him. A fucking big head, bro. His boss just randomly kills him because, as I wrote here, because he's, he's ruthless. Evil. Yeah, dude. Evil receding hairline. Fucking raspy, smoky like accent. T- freaking smoky like talking voice. And ruthless demeanor. He kills us like thugs. So he, he killed th- the big headed thug, bro. I thought he was gonna be like 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 the sub boss that Jason would have to fight before, you know, the main bad guy. No. So he tells Jason, uh, he, I have a job for you. This isn't just another job, though. This is a mission. You got to deliver something. And when Jason has that same wristband that that uh, Malcolm guy had now. So he knows he's kind of fucked. And he they take him to his Audi and the girl from earlier is in the car. Uh, this dude, um, <coughs> excuse me, is like, hey, you remember those silly guys who recently snuck chemicals on plane to bro- blow them up? Same idea with these bracelets. If you move too far away from her, bracelet goes blue, then it goes orange, then it goes red, and then kaboom. Mm, yeah. I don't know if he said kaboom. So he has to be like, so Statham has to be near his freaking car. Yeah. He cannot be away from at certain distances. And then he, and then Jason, uh, you know, Jason's on his way. He tries to make small talk with this lady, but to well, no avail. Well, she also refuses to put on the damn seatbelt because there were beepers going on. What'd you think of her really quick? I know we just went off a of deviation, but I actually wanted to ask you because like, cause I was looking at the Transporter fan base and this lady's kind of contentious. Some liked her, some hated her. I think she's fucking hilarious. Just continue on. She's got some gold later. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to the tanker from earlier 
and then, okay, this, the, everything I'm about to wait, say wait, right now. I'm tripping the fuck out. There's a fucking devotee fucking fan base for these Statham Transporter movies. Enough of one that I was able to see people being like, oh yeah, she was like the worst part of the movie. Or some be like, oh, she was like one of the, she was like the best heroine. But there's yeah. only two. Some people consider Audrey. She doesn't do nothing, but she's nice. Wait, Audrey the mom? Yeah. Oh, I thought Audrey. No, no, no. The stripper assassin's named Lola. Of course, I fucking. And she know was that. the bad guy. Yeah. But yeah. But she was part of the fucking main like advertisement campaign for that damn movie. She's on the poster. Do you know what's weird? In every single transporter poster, I just noticed this today. Jason Statham is always doing this. He's dual. He's always diving while dual wielding guns. He never. Once dual wields pistols, and honestly, <laughs> it's shown he has weapons in his car, but he never goes for guns as a first option. And I don't think he's ever shot a single person with a pistol. Well, no, he did in the first movie for like one fight, but it's not like his default weapon. His default weapon is punching people in the face. Those those posters lie, dude. These movies are hilarious. Okay, so um, so everything I'm about to say right now in this one paragraph of notes happened in less than a minute. Just 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 follow me, okay? So then we cut to the tanker from earlier. Then the boat transitions to a dead fish, and then because now we're in Frank's room with the inspector. But then, before anything's even said, we cut to the minister in witness protection ish. But before anything's said, then we cut back to the police. At State Ham's house, and then we cut to a random cop dude gets killed by some goons in yeah. like less than forty five seconds. Holy shit! Yeah, no, because I, because right here after like freaking Statham has weird like zero small talk with the redhead and puts the seatbelt on her. I just have like all right now shots of at Frank's pad with the inspector doing detective work, and then we get a shot of a tow truck driver getting shot, and I guess there was also fucking. You know, all that other inner fucking shots going on. I'm like, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> Too much. But this, You're is why I re- this is why I record the audio and you take better notes. So now Jason's out. Um, at, Now he's out at... Uh, uh, he's past a toll bridge. He's just fucking driving somewhere. Yeah, he's at a toll bridge and he was told to call the bad guy. So the way his Audi's been fitted, it's got a GPS that tracks him. And you remember how in the older movies he had to put in a code to use the car? Yeah. Well, now every once in a while the guy's going to give him coordinates and he has to go to those coordinates. Yeah, so he gets he puts in the, he gets called what the code is and puts it in and he gets coordinates to go to Budapest. Yeah. And he's trying to ask her some questions to get to know her a bit and... Um, like, eventually just pulls over to interrogate her, and she's being stubborn on the exposition. Yeah. But then Statham, like, actually introduces himself, because usually, you know, his rules, friggin' he is like- No names. No names. Well, to, it seems like today I'm breaking some rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he properly introduces himself, and then Redhead eventually says her name, but I don't care. She's just Redhead to me. She's Red. Uh, we find out later because because she's real cold to him, but once he starts driving again, she can't resist his all American British charm. So he she eventually gives him her name, which is Valentina, which was really awkward sometimes because that was my dad's mom name, and my dad's Mexican mom is very was very much not Ukrainian. Yes, as this lady I guess is pretty Ukrainian. It's just me or the mics keep cutting out. Or is that my headphones? I think that might be your headphones. Oh shit! Sorry, I keep going. 
What the fuck? Oh shit! No, where the fuck am I? Whatever. Then we show the inspector shows up to the tow truck because yeah. like the dude got fucking executed, executed, and then reviews the freaking tow truck's dash cam footage to find that the freaking guys that shot him were like, you know, these thugs in a black Mercedes, and they still took the GPS out of the freaking car, out of the freaking wrecked Audi in the back. And but then when we're with the minister and he gets he meets a with some sketch lad wipes yeah. lads because you know they're bad guys and they're like hey sign this shit and he's like he's like hey sign this shit and he's like fuck off I need to look over it I'll see you guys tomorrow and then they just leave so then uh, so then the minister those dudes that killed that cop. The minister calls them because they're working for him. And I wrote like five question marks. Um, and I and I and I think because I just assumed at this point they were I'm like, well, they got to be going after Statham. Yeah. Well, because it's like, I guess we eventually find out something. But whatever. Yeah. The minister has now thugs for him. And the inspector's able to find Oh, yeah, Statham. we totally forgot that he talked to the sketch lads and then like he was reviewing the paperwork. And it's like, yeah, so... We need eight ships of trash to be dumped in. Like, I thought it was only one ship. Sorry. Eight ships, my guy. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Let me think of the... Give me 24 hours to think on it. You got 24. Ha, 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 ha. Now we have a heartfelt conversation. Is that the Mandark laugh? Yes. <laughs> now we're back to Statham and Red. And they have a heartfelt conversation of a veal... Let me rephrase that. Red starts talking about... A veal dinner mm-hmm. and very descriptions like carrots and corns and seasoning. Chilled wine. And we got romantic piano music going on. Yeah. While this she's in description. And then Statham peers off course so he can go meet with a lad that might know what the fuck's up with these bomb bracelets. I need to see someone about some jewelry. Yep. That's my phone. Uh that's what I was So yeah. we meet oh, a also, silly German tech nerd. This guy's name is like, Otto. Yes, his name is Otto, but he sounded like this and he's like, Oh Frank, thank you for coming in. You want <laughs> hey, I got the fresh batch of weed stitches going. Do you want some? That literally that was his fucking character. Did he really he he had like the Squiz car or Toki voice? Yes. <laughs> sure. That's funny. Also, I forgot to mention earlier, uh, or I was trying to, but um, I was going to say, the inspector is able to pseudo-find Frank because uh, GP- because Jason oh, catches mean- him in a speed trap. Yeah. So that's, I, I didn't know speed traps like that. Holy were, shit, but. there's a lot of small edits happening while I was taking notes. But yes, yeah, so he goes to talk to this auto dude. And, and then, like, Otto's telling him, like, oh, yeah, no, so this bracelet's here, this is some freaking hush-hush stuff we got going from the, from the U.S. Pentagon. Yeah. Now it's just like, we're to- I'm like, what are we talking about, American hush, black ops now? Yes, hush-hush, we got bomb bracelets in America, yeah. Oh, I don't know, oh, I finally hey, found- Hey, what's the last this was in the stove, I got cooking right now. I finally found my where I was in my notes, I wrote here, so Jason goes into this fucking GTA chop shop. <laughs> fucking was. So then, um, okay, so this is interesting. So then there's a part where the bad guy calls his dudes and he's like, hey, he's got off course, send someone to go put him back on course. And then like, as soon as he's done talking to Otto, then these bad guys show up. There's like 19 of them, man. And he, they're like, you're off course. Gets back in the car, Frank. I don't remember their accents. And then he it gets some like silly, heavy accent. And he gets in a fight. With these like 30 dudes. Yeah. So he's like literally because like freaking the autos like doing like scanning around the car to find the bomb on the car to maybe he could like freaking like 
you know, do something about it. But while he's scanning it, he needs time. So Frank's like, all right, looks like I got to fight some thugs. So he starts whipping their asses. And he... Uh, and then there's a moment where his shirt comes off. And then we get inner shots of Red getting really horned out by his ass-whipping freaking abs and shit. She is very visibly liking what she sees. And as I wrote here, she is eye-humping him super tough. Yeah, she's eye-humping it. But then, like, yeah, I don't know how much descriptions you fight. I just wrote here, got- I like the fight. Too choppy. Oh it was no! Too but choppy. It's fucking hella choppy. But eventually, we get a fucking big. Th- we get a fucking big thug that appears. Like you know, you get the big guy where you try to do punching kicks to his like gut, and it's like it does nothing. So Stanley was just thrown through a wall, and I'm like laughing. And I'm like so like okay, and then big thug. But like the fight's going. Like the fight ends when like the big thug gets stuck into the ground. Yeah. Because it's an auto shop and like some auto shops where you can like pull over like a freaking trench and then you'd be able to work under the car that way. And then Jason just hits him in the face with a shovel. Yes. And this, that's how he beats the freaking big thug. This fight had vibes of when uh, Bruce Leroy fought show enough. Just a little guy against this big giant dude. Oh, yeah. Also, you remember how we said I kept talking about the choppy editing? This is what yes. I have in my notes. Also, this fucking speed editing on these <laughs> fights is not fucking necessary. Fuck off. It's like again, I, I'm gonna repeat what I said. It's like I'm repeating what I, I'm gonna repeat what I said earlier. You don't need all the sped up footage and these quick cuts to make Jason Statham look like a convincing tough guy. Yes, yes, because we need to spend more time on slow drawn shots of Statham, a shirtless Statham putting on a shirt. Oh, they let the r- film breathe when that happened. Yes. Oh, yeah. We gotta establish like romantic horny tension. We gotta with establish- the redhead and Statham's. We get, we have to establish that Jason Statham is a very attractive man. Yes. Did you know another reason why this lady got shit was because people thought at the time some reviewers or fans thought she was unconventionally attractive because of the red hair and freckles? I was like, what the freak you talk? That's a character type nowadays. That's the Anna from Frozen. <laughs> it's like... I, don't, I just thought that was really weird. Not Roger Ebert, though. Oh, no. In his review, he literally said, and this is a quote, I, he said, uh, he said, uh, I can't get enough of red hair and freckles. I'm like, calm down, Roger Ebert. He was a horny lad. Okay, so that happens, and um, so, yeah, he's putting his shit back on, right? They're back on the road, and he gets yeah. a phone, and he has a phone call conversation with Hairline. <laughs> forgot we were calling him that so yeah he's talking right. to, he's talking to hairline and he's like hey and he's like hey man that wasn't cool how you tried to kill me and then he's, he's and, like hey man it wasn't cool that you went off the road you gotta like you have to stay on course guy so jason's like i want to talk this out to get clarification he's and i so, swear okay, this is can, what he said okay, we can talk he says go to the same place one hour and then we goes to some place i've never seen in the movie before was i missing something was he talking about the coordinates I think it's talking about the coordinates. Okay. So either way, it's like just follow the damn coordinates. Yeah. I will give you instructions when you go there. So they go to a what would you call it? It's not a village. They but arrive to a market. Yeah, market. There you go. And he goes to a random pay phone. Like you know the like freaking market where like you got the small like vendor farmers that just roll up with yeah, their yeah, shit yeah, yeah. and all that. Like kind of like a like either like a fish market or a farmers market, whatever. He rolls up to some kind of market like that. Oh, and bro. And this, there's a pay phone. This is. Oh man. Okay, so so the phone the random, rings. The random payphone and rings, and like no one else pays attention except Statham, which I'm like, okay, this might be hairline. I'm gonna cut to the best part. Hairline basically tells him, 
I just I realized I don't need the best driver in the world. Any idiot with a license will do. So in the words of the great American Donald Trump, you're the, fired. In the words of the great American Donald Trump, you're fired. And he goes like, wait, what? As we see a shot of a dude walking into his car, hops to, like just hops to the driver's seat and starts driving away. And then you remember when you said... We're just going to move past that Donald Trump thing, huh? Well, well, I wasn't going to use it as a platform for nothing, but you got to admit that's funny. Oh, no, I was laughing. Was Come on, funny. I did the fucking line. In the great words of the... What was it again? It was like, in the words of the great American Donald Trump, you're fired. <laughs> but yeah, so someone jumps in Statham's Audi and drives away. And, and I remember I, when we were talking about how he like was like almost like outrunning a fucking car. Yeah. He's, he is keeping perfect pace with this Audi. Yes. What's... Out of this movie, I do like the concept. He has to be near his car. Yeah. There's a bomb on That's it. That's unique. And there's situations where like this, where someone steals his car, what will he do? So well, he I, fucking I, runs full sprint through a fucking market, so running I, through, like, r- like trucking down people like Jerome Bettis. So I wrote here, now Jason Statham is doing parkour through Eastern Europe. Yes. He eventually jacks a fucking BMX bike, and then yeah. he's just mobbing through a sweatshop. The craziest part I could tell you is the end, where at one point, with the bicycle, he hops onto a car. From the car, he hops onto a big truck. And from the truck, he hops into what looks like someone's apartment. And then he eventually descends into what looks like a sweatshop. And then, you know how in video games, you, uh, they or in movie, action like, movies, yeah. he, they like slide the motorcycle across the floor? He does that with the bike, but he he hops on to the sliding bike. Yes, he slides the bike, but it stands on the bike. So basically, he's surfing a bike <laughs> to freaking eventually jump up onto a pole. And that to car- freaking vault through a window. Yeah. To, like, basically smash through the... Like, luckily, Red wakes up and realizes, hey, you're not Frank. I don't like you. Well, Frank got fired. Yeah. And, and then so as the she car- starts like, no, I want Frank. Fuck you. She starts fighting this dude. The dude stops the car. And then freaking Frank just flies through a window into kicks, his window. Kicks him out of the car and he says, you're fired. And drives away. What? Look, I know this isn't as crazy as the as as the, as the bomb Audi kickflip from the last movie. But that, <laughs> that was great. That was awesome. Yes, he is able to keep pace with his own personal car. Do you know why I think the transporter stuff hits different than other action movies? Because, like, when I watch other action movies, there's a little bit of a hint that the movie is subtly acknowledging, okay, we're having fun. This is campy. You know, watch Schwarzenegger mow down these dudes with a machine gun. I think why the transporter and Jason Statham stuff in general hit so different is because when he does this crazy, nutty shit, it's played completely seriously. There's no self-awareness. There's no jokes. There's no like lampshade hanging. There's no meta commentary or jokes. No, in any other movie, they would have played this lightly or like a comedy scene, but they play it dead ass serious where Jason Statham is parkouring through Europe, sliding on bikes and jumping through windows. And he's jumping through a big window to freaking... Double kicks the dude out of his car. Yeah, he straight up double drop kicks this dude through his freaking driver's side window, and the dude just goes out the other end of the car and just like, all right, <laughs> you're fired. And it's played completely seriously. That's the real magic. Bro. I love Jason Statham. Yeah, we're watching Crank. 
We're, we're watching Craig. I, I'm like, I, I was like, I don't want to depart from Statham yet. It's oh. not Brett Michaels where I'm like, can we be done? I'm like, yeah. no, I still need Statham in my life. I honestly would have tried to push out season three as long as possible. We would have done it by now for sure, but I would have pushed it out longer. Although we did end it on episode 69, so that's great. So Jason gets a call it was from- perfect, except fuck that episode for being three fucking hours. Yeah. Not that show, our episode. Yeah, it did have one of my favorite bits where during uh, of our show during the Led Zeppelin bit where we go from 3-6 Mafia to then just roasting the Lord of the Rings fan base. That was great. So Jason gets a call from the inspector and after the inspector, because Jason mentions that he thinks the gal's Russian, um, then uh, the inspector talks shit on Dostoevsky, the author, and talks about, oh, I swear these Russians, they are doom and gloom all the time. Every page of book, the book, it's like it's constant suffering and misery. I'm like, have you been to Russia? <laughs> It's kind of cold and miserable. It's cold and miserable. But yes, yeah, so Jason, um, their conversation basically amounts to Jason being like, these grom- <clears throat> these groms are trying to kill me and I'm wired to blow. And the inspector gets annoyed because, <laughs> Jason, why are people trying to fucking kill you again? It's like, uh, Frank, why do you keep having people trying to kill you? They hatch a plan to well, hack or... What do you do? Come on. They and I think I might have wrote this wrong here. They had to plan to hack or listen in on Statham as he makes a call to Hairline. Was that what happened? Yeah, he basically calls in with Hairline, and the inspector's also then trying to perform a freaking location like cell phone track. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Hairline gives him a new code, and Inspector is just like, "Well, we'll get back to you." And then Jason gets a, t- a cheap new cell phone from a Radio Shack. Okay, yep. it's not a Radio Shack, but it looks like a Radio Shack. So now he's in the car with Red again, and he's trying to cheer her up and mentions how the inspector was like, um, he was right about doom, how doom and gloom all Russians are. And then she says, like, I'm not Russian, I'm, I'm Ukrainian. Ukrainian. We are very different. And I'm just we are like, very different. She points to her chat, to her heart and brain. She's like, here and here. And I'm like, here and here. I'm like, that age is pretty interesting, didn't it? So, I don't know. Then at one point, she takes some drugs. Oh, yeah, no. She, like, sit there, and she, like, finds ecstasy or Molly, and she goes, like, oh, yay, we can have fun and do drugs. She takes a pill, and then she offers one to Jason. Come He's on, like, Frank. Do you want one? And it's like, no, we need to stay sharp. And then she just takes the other one, and Frank's trying to wrestle her not to do it, but she's like, no, no, no. I'm bratty, and I'm bored. I want to party. So she takes the other pill because she wasn't in like Ibiza or whatever that like freaking party like yeah. freaking, that party island prior. Well, we eventually find out she was on Ibiza. She was at Ibiza, Ibiza, Ibiza or whatever the fucking like holy know, land of yeah. like doing ecstasy and listening to shitty techno music all f- throughout the day. It's a re- it, it, it's it's a rich people summer. So. Yeah, when you're fucking like some like you're rich looking Ukrainian lady wearing some freaking sparkly sh- like freaking dress this whole entire movie and then like a moment of crisis and I you didn't realize bombs she- strapped to you. I didn't even realize until here because we're about halfway through the movie at this point ish. And this is the and then when they stop for gas, this is the first time she's been out of the car. Yeah, that we have seen that we've seen. I mean, yeah. Okay, so he's gassing up, and she's trying to seduce him while he's gassing up. And when she goes into the gas... she's high on Molly. She's ready to party. And then she goes And she wants to party with those sick, bald abs. (laughs) She goes into the gas station and starts trying to buy booze and chips, while Statham sounds like a dad from the window. He's like, don't. 
don't know. And then she tries to go. Wait, to- no, like, no. She literally is just like, Statham gives her cash. She walks into the spot. She just gives the cashier the cash she had in hand. And then starts grabbing chips. Starts munching. Finds vodka. Then she's like, I'm going to go walk to the bathroom to pee. But her bracelet turns red as in, oh, I might blow. So she just pisses right in the aisle. And yes, you have Statham going like, please stop doing that. Please. This was the most bizarre scene in the trilogy. This was a hilarious. This was no, like, it's pretty funny. You no, know, it's a funny scene. It's like, what's going on? And then like dudes in the Mercedes pull by to stop. And like Statham goes like, those dudes look like dudes on the mission. And sketch, and he's trying to stealth past them. But the problem is, uh, Red's making such a scene that uh, that yeah, like he comes out and she has a full bottle of vodka, trying to get lit, and she's like trying to go like, "Frank, come on, drink, let's party." And he's like, "No, we can't. You just told me I'm all doom and gloom, and then you sit and then you do this, and like, no want the party. You make up like- your mind. Make up your mind, Frank." And dudes go like. Hey, I think that's the lady that we need to freaking get down. And then it's like, Satan just like shoves her in the car. It's like, we need a mob now. So now the chase is on and some electro beat shit comes on. And I'm like, man, this feels like Need for Speed again. And then I just wrote here. I'm like, why don't they make those games anymore? No, this is a fucking hilarious scene because you got a freaking high pumping electric, like garbage techno song going. It's like, boosh, 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 boosh. <laughs> and like, Statham's trying to like weave through traffic, but you got Red in the back just fucking partying. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is so sick. <laughs> like, you got in He's trying to turn down the volume. Like, I need to have a conversation right now on the phone. Yeah. But she's like turning up the music like, boosh, 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 while he's like weaving through traffic while being chased down like by this fucking black Mercedes. So he, he eventually <laughs> turns off the music and calls with hairline and goes like he's like, hey, um, what the fuck is this? And he and he's like, oh, that's not me, LaMeo. Let me look into it. What do you mean it's not you? And then we get normal action music. I'm like, dude, I like the funny, like the like intertwined garbage techno music being bumping while like the part <laughs> you got a party like this lady is telling like, you man partying off your mind as like we got dire straight of like just like it's dire I'm telling you man that shit made me miss those need for speed games why don't they make those anymore or burnout when's the last time a new burnout game came out all we have is Gran Turismo and Forza, and they only release a new Gran Turismo game like every eight years because they take forever to make. Well, yeah, because it's fucking with every generation of goddamn PlayStation. Yeah. So blame the PlayStation generation. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. so next thing I know, the chase is going on scene, and I swear to you, I look down for two seconds to take up my notes, and the next thing I know, Jason's car is on its side. It's like... Like, literally, Statham did the cool flip trick where he's able to pop the car up on two wheels on his side to drive through these sem- like these two semis trying to having a fucking dick measuring competition <laughs> trying to pass each other you on this remind- goddamn five. You know what this reminded me of? Do you remember that You remember that, that, that shit that Van Damme did where he did the splits between the two semi trucks? Yeah. This ga- this reminded me of that for some well, reason. Well, except it's with a car and Statham's just driving through the car. and Because like- I told you, he's just... And, like, Red's <laughs> still partying in the fucking back. <laughs> Cars on its two wheels, and Statham's just like seriously trying to drive through. I'm telling you, and like the dudes in the Mercedes are like, "Yo, this is pretty fucking sick. What the fuck's going on?" (laughs) Like they're like an odd, but eventually he's getting away. It's like, oh shit, we need a mob around these damn trucks. No, when the truck starts sliding out, and it's like, God damn it, Frank's getting away. 
Oh my god, these fuck! I'm What's, telling you, Jason Statham's a superhero, and his superpower is cars. Yeah, but here's the thing: the chase doesn't end at the semis. No, because then doesn't. they're running through the fucking woods. Yeah, next thing we know, we're in the forest, and then I just, and then oh, and then the oh, and then one of the semis spin out, and the shit looks like it's uh, Final Destination Two. Then they're in the forest. Then they start shooting at him, and then at one point, Jason pumps the brakes, and now he's behind them. And then somehow, some way, the chase ends with the dudes in the Mercedes flying off a cliff and into their as i wrote here um explosionary demise yes they literally fall off a cliff into a fiery explosion they fall off a cliff and explode and die no that was a good chase no yeah no the chase was pretty great like it was hilarious i kind of forgot about red that was partying in the back the whole time though because i was focused on like the chase and the notes and state them but But it just sounds like she's at the back yeah no she's going just fucking doing slob squats in the car no it's hilarious because we got jason statham acting he pulls up to this cliffside looking at this beautiful sight and we have a jason statham in emotional distress I wrote I'm like, he, okay, this is a first. This is the first time in these movies that he's he showing some fatigue. He goes, yeah. He just, you know, it is, it's not even bad because you know what he does? He just leans his head forward on the steering wheel, on his arm, and he's just like, <sighs> I don't, and we, I'm like, you know what? I feel that, Jason. After that. You know what? You do earn a breather. So he's like, he needs a breather. He's feeling fatigue. But then Red tries to seduce him. And 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 he's like Like Frank, do you want to have sex? And he's, he's like, No, I wanna not die. We got bombs on our damn hands. And he's like, no. And she's like, What's wrong? Am I not sexy? Am I not sexy? And then he goes he goes, Yeah, yes. Yeah, you're sexy. Yeah. That's how he says it. And he says, and then she and then she says, Are you the gay? And it's like, it's like, says, it's no, like a, I'm not the gay. That might have been a reference, actually. This was kind of a hilarious, awkward scene. And no, I'm laughing. I'm not the gay. It's like, you know, you're kind of in a weird situation. We got bombs to your hair. And now. But Red's just like, I think she's still partying. And then at this point, she jacks the keys and gets out of the car. And yeah, then she literally she's playing the- keep away with them. And at this point, she's like, why not, Frank? Why not? And, I wrote, and I'm laughing out loud because as I wrote here, well, you see, lady, the problem is. Jason Statham respects women. Yes. So then yeah, she tries to seduce him and because, he says, well, like, she realizes, I think I might die. So can I have sex before I die one more time? And keep in well, mind, I think there was also a moment too where Statham goes into the back of the car to look in the back. That's right. Yeah, he, he looks like at he's the package. Been, yeah, no, because hairline. To, here's the thing. I think we, the watchers, are aware of Red's like importance. But in the story, Sasem thinks that the package in the back of the car is what's important, and Red's just some, like, tag-along person. He finds bags full of phone books and realizes, oh, well, I... You're the package. You're the package. You're the package. Also, he had a great line I forgot to mention where he's like, did it ever occur to you that I'm not in the mood? (laughs) Yeah, well, she's trying to seduce him. And I'm like... Who would want to be in the mood, right? If I was Statham, who would want to be in the mood? But she's playing keep away. And eventually, what turns into is that she starts making him strip. I'll give you the keys back, but take off her clothes. 
He's like, give me the damn keys. Give me the damn keys. Give me the damn keys. No, I want you to dance. I'm not gonna... You think it is only men that like striptease? Women like striptease, though. Can I... I don't want to be that guy, because I'm really not this guy. I'm not going to call this sexual assault, but this was kind of... Ex- at, at the very middle... She's literally like... Extortion. We are going to, yeah, extortion. We are going to die, but I'm keeping the keys until you strip and until you sex with me. I, so, beca- because on, dance, Frank. Come on, dance. Well, yeah, so he dances. Oh, and this is like, funny. come on, no, shake your ass. This is funny. He's like, do you know what I'm going to do to you when this is over? Spank me? Oh, I'll bet you'd like that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm a naughty girl. I like, ah. I, I like it's rough. Then he like grabs her from the oh, bottom back. She's like, but not, not so rough. rough. And he's like, no, I have the keys back. And she says, kiss me. So now he's got to kiss her. So he, he kisses he, her and he's like, no, I want to. Like you mean it. it. So he does it again. And she's and I don't know. She does on this. She does that whole bullshit where she's like, "Live with me, Frank." And then yeah, he, yeah. I just wrote down like they smash face. Frank gets the key, like stands up against the keys, and then there's a life philosophy talk, <laughs> and then we get a panning shot of them making out over a cliff. Hairline then calls the prime minister, and he is like, and he like notifies of the stunt that the prime minister tells him that he found information. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm just reading my notes. Let me refresh. Hairline calls into the minister to notify, like, hey, so I th- so I found out you're trying to be cute and send goons to retrieve the package. We all know that Red's his fucking daughter. All right. Let's yeah, just- we get it now. Yeah, we get it. I'm not going to lie. I it, When he said you'll never see your daughter again, that's when I put it together. Yeah, no. So, like, and then, like, so freaking Hairline, like, notifies him, yeah. Cute stunt with you trying to send goons to find your daughter. But then the minister tells him, I found information about you. Insert his name. I never want to write down his name because Hairline's a better name. It was Johnson. Yeah. So finds out information about him and his name and then Hairline gets pissed. So then he tries to call Statham and realize. But we get a quick cut to we, them. Because we realize, ah, fuck. He's on to us. Frank! <laughs> Where the fuck are you? And then we get a shot of them having, like, sex. PG-13 sex. PG-13 sex. I forgot to mention, they totally boned you guys. <laughs> That's, That's kind of be- a funny scene when the bad guy's like, God damn it, I'm in dire strenade. Frank, like, good guy, where are you? Sorry, I'm having sex. <laughs> I'm like, That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I do want to point out, though, that Jason Statham did not consent until he was forced to. That's toxic, TBH. This I'm going to cancel this movie. Yeah. No, I'm not going to cancel this movie. So, yeah, but then we see, like, then Red, I think they're done having sex. And then she gives, like, no, yeah, her and Statham are snuggling over the cliff. Yeah. Like, they got a blanket, and she's giving exposition of her being abducted in in Ibiza, where she wakes up to meet Malcolm as he's mobbing through. And then now we are, and then it's like, yeah, we just have more romance snuggles over the sunset. Anything you want to add on that scene? Pretty much the only thing, the only thing I really wrote down here was she tells Jason how much Malcolm was in over his head and what really happened that day. That's pretty much it. So yeah, and then Hairline tells, like, eventually, like, Johnson, Johnson, tells Satham the new coordinates. So then we see the minister arrive and runs into the inspector. 
That was kind of it for the scene. Yeah. I think that was a shortcut scene. And then we cut, and I wrote this, I actually wrote here in my notes, OMG, these cuts, bro. Fucking cuts, bro. We get actually a pretty sweet scene about how uh, Red tells Statham about how safe she feels with him. Yeah. Then he's called by the inspector, who's like, yeah, by the way, that girl you're with is like the super important dude's daughter, and there's some toxic waste shit going on. Yeah, I know, dude. We went from fucking, yeah, you know that one Colombian cocaine cartel that has a super super virus trying to like kill all these like high level like medical politicians. Yeah, man. The Colombian cocaine cartel. Now we're like, yeah, we're here for some extortion so we can dump trash. Don't say it like that, because I told you. It just sounds like he's, it just sounds like Jesus Satan's fighting like a ring of just big political looters litterers <laughs> which is funny so then jason finds out he's been okay so then johnson calls and says um take your first left yeah so then jason takes his first left and he's oh, on no, no, yeah no you're like scuba th- yeah no i think you like jump because like i wrote down they arrive in the ukraine and reds all snuggles on statham in the car oh yeah right because this is the part where it's always safe oh, yeah. i'm sorry no so, yeah all right, take your first left. All right, Frank, take your first left. So Jason finds out he's been led into a trap. Cars on both sides of the bridge. She's worried. Dudes with guns. She's worried he's going to die. And he says, do I look like a man who came all the way across Europe to die on a bridge? No, no, no. You got the fucking. We had a hilarious scene. She literally said, Frank, no, you can't do this. Frank, they have all the guns. I forgot that part. She literally they said, "They have all the guns." Like Frank, no. That's literally how she talks. Frank, in the movie. no. They have all the guns. All the guns. <laughs> and that's the day that, and, and that's the day that Budapest ran out of ammunition. No, dude, they're in the Ukraine now. Ukraine. Oh man. So yeah, and they they take a minute to say goodbye. It's like Frank, no. It's like, don't worry, I'll be fine. I'm the good guy. She's like, yeah, come on. He's going to be fine. She takes her bracelet off. Um, well, no, no, no. Sorry, she sorry. walks to Johnson. Yeah. yeah she walks to hairline. Yeah. I guess we're, well, I just like calling him Johnson because Johnson is a slang for penis. Yeah. And penises are funny. And he's kind of a dick. He's a real dick. So he, she goes to walk to him. He takes it off. So now Jason was always bound to the car, right? Yeah. Okay, because I, 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 I thought no, he was bound wa- to no, her. No, no, she no, no. He's bound to like they're both bound to the car. That's right. Because so I, like yeah. she walks to Johnson or Hairline. I, I don't know. I need, no, hair, no, Hairline's funnier. I just I wrote him as Johnson, so I keep calling him. Yeah, Johnson. but like I like saying Johnson, Johnson. So whatever. Johnson takes off the bracelet, and then freaking. Uh, She's like, you know, taken away. And then like, yeah, Hairline like orders the goons to shoot at Statham. So Jason Statham drives off a fucking bridge yeah. into the river. Well, uh, that is actually a pretty tense scene. It's like, what do you do? You can't get away from the car. Thought, yeah, I thought the scene had some good tension to it. It's like, oh shit, what do you do? So he just drives off the his car off into the river. And then we get a cheesy one-liner from from uh, from Hairline. He says, his beloved car will be his grave. If he leaves, he dies. If he stays, he drowns. Let's go. Yeah, come on. It's like, because dude's like, hey, should we like stay and try to figure out? I was like, no. Why would we? If he leaves his car, he blows up. If he stays in the car, he's drowned. I think we're good. We got shit to do. So, we gotta dump this trash. So I'm gonna try to describe this next scene because I tried to really... Get this is this scene is basically well, a callback to the underwater scene from the first movie. So what he does is what happens after calling the inspector to come get him while there's well like he is he he drives off the bridge right now 
with his car sinking down to the bottom of the lake, he, the low moment he has in his cab, he calls the inspector to tell him where he's at. Yes. I'm in a lake. Well, Frank, you gotta be <laughs> a little bit more specific. There's a dam. And then the, like, whatever, like, Ukrainian cop there is like, I know where that is, inspector. All right, cool. We'll be there in, like, 10, 15 minutes. Please make this sooner. I am in a, I'm in a freaking water coffin. So then what happens next is Jason swims outside, kisses his tires for air, pulls out a light. What's a mic? I'm like, that could work? I wanted to ask you, because that's like not air, air. That's like, is well, that's, it's air. Is that straight up air? It's air. I thought there was always some weird other thing that always went into air pumps could, for tires. Maybe, but it's just compressed air that goes in. Well, he kisses his tires. What's so Mike? Okay, at least as he does that, he takes the bags that had the phone books in the back. He uses them as like air bubbles to the gatch of breath, still breathing air in his tires. But then he uses, I guess, the air in the tires to like get the freaking bags to like have enough air into him to start lifting his freaking car back to the surface. Okay, that's completely different than what I thought he had a random. You know, the boat they were in earlier? I thought that was like. One, I my brain thought that was one of those like you know rubber lifeboat inflatable boat lifeboat things. I thought he randomly had that in his car. So what he I thought did, he used the bags to like make a freaking random raft to lift his car back up to the like surface of the water. He did some shit to scuttle this car. Okay? Yes, which I'm like, well, it, it was like, how are they gonna? It's like I was like, how are they gonna I know do that? I, I know I should be I should try to maybe take this seriously and be a be a snobby critic and just be like <laughs> I couldn't suspend my disbelief. But honestly, I had no idea what the fuck was happening. I have no disbelief to suspend because I had no idea what was happening. You're just curious. Like, I just know at some point Jason lifted his car from the water. Yes, while still able to use his car for air in the water. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what a guy. Jason and Audis OTP. Oh, by the way, I was a little over dramatic in my notes. I wrote, he rose his car from the ocean floor. Yes. Well, it wasn't the ocean. So now we see Hairline and his crew grabbing a train. Didn't they have cars and guns? But I guess. Yeah. But I feel like they could block traffic if they're in the cars. They yeah. have their location. I feel like a train, they could be more on the move and still kill time so that the minister has no chance has no other choice than sign the bill information that allows them to dump the trash in yeah. Ukraine. So Jason gets oh and then Jason gets pulled ashore by a tractor. Yeah. And I well, thought that was he's just sitting on top of his car yeah. and then the tractor while well, the inspector the arrives and sees that. So then the hairline calls the minister and shows that Red is alive. Yeah, no, he gives the phone and like so that she could talk to her daddy. So that's alive. And then she tells him, Dad, no, do not sign. And he's like, Don't listen to her. Come on, sign the bill. You got you don't have any choice. We have your daughter. So Statham's is like sitting there trying to start his car. And an inspector then says the bad guys are trying to dump hazardous garbage that can ruin the country for a hundred years or something like that. The inspector has a really thick accent and I didn't really get anything from like what he said. Other than that, he does his something best. was like, yeah, something's going to be ruined for a hundred years. And yeah, the guys are trying to dump trash. You know, I Googled him. He's actually a pretty decently uh, big name-ish actor over in France. He's been acting since like at least the 80s. Like, he comes off as a good actor, but this is the Transporter movies. <laughs> Come he on. might actually be the best actor in these movies, technical, on a technical level. Yes. Like, he's pretty entertaining, compelling sure character. sure shit isn't Lola. Like, he's just sitting there and just, like, has his, like, yeah, no. So, all right, yeah, Frank, this is what I found out. Like, 
He does a very good job at his. He's very good no, at yeah, his yeah, job. Yeah. He's yeah. very good at his job, but he's a very chill and like he has a very chill demeanor. He even reprised his role. I guess Transporter got a t- a short-lived TV show for a bit. He even reprised his role for that. Okay, so then, oh, also they track bad guys, uh, they track Hairline's cell phone, which they've tried to do that a couple of times, but, like, didn't they imply this Johnson dude worked with, like, military people? Shouldn't he have known that they were trying to track his calls? A little bit, but, like, like I think he kept, like, using burner phones, because, like, they never seem to actually catch a guy, but when they track this call this time, he's on a train, and they look like there's no good way of, like, trying to get him. I just know that he goes on this bad guy speech, to this weird speech to Valentina on how he's, how she's small brain and how he's based in red pill. He literally says, yeah, like, come there on. are no more countries, only economic realities. Come on, economic realities. There's no borders. And then, yeah, red just flips him off. Now, we have a tense meeting with the minister as he hanging out with the sketch peeps and the minister is looking defeated as he's looking over the papers to sign tense moment scene what will happen 12 minutes till the end yeah and then we get a shot of hairline it's like you think i really want to do this i'm actually really a pacifist yeah he says i'm a pacifist i did everything i did everything to ensure there would be the least amount of bloodshed i did the least amount of thing to bloodshed but people just kept fighting back on me they kept going against what I'm damn doing, but I am a pacifist. Come on. Look, this guy's a douche. <laughs> Dude, it's the hairline, bro. So then Jason's on a bridge, and I don't know how I was still surprised. No, well, here's the thing. Like, hairline's talking about he's being a pacifist, and then Red just looks over like, oh, hey, there's Statham's car, and she starts smiling. He's like, what are you smiling about? Looks Look- over. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, another bridge jump onto the train. And he literally <laughs> lands his Audi on the train, on top of it, hops out, and then hops down in the train for a final showdown. And using and using bullets and his greatest weapon of all, shaky cam, he takes out all yes. of. This was literally like fucking. Was this the gunfight you were talking yes, about? This is the gunfight where he's looking stiff and it's just like glitched and like boom, 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 and like dudes are going. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? The Modern Warfare two days? Like, yes. what is this? It literally was, and this like scene was I hilarious. I swear, the shit was so fast cut. I, I'm being honest with you. I don't even remember seeing bullet holes when these guys got shot. The, the editing was so quick. I just know I was laughing. So he takes out all those dudes, and then he's trying to go after. He's trying to go after Hairline, but he can't because his car's too far away. Yeah, because like he parked his car too far, and he's like, "Damn it, I still have a bomb on my thing." And Hairline goes, "Ha ha, there's a bomb." So then he tries to detach the train car that yeah. him and Red are in because yeah, I know he was like chasing down red so stay is it really Ru- that easy to detach a train car because people seem to be able to do it in every movie ever uh we'll say for plot convenience okay hey johnson might be a smart man he might be a smart man to do what he's doing so what so, does jason do he runs back outside gets his car and then he runs back to the roof of the train i think the scene might have been the inspiration for the first part for the remember remember that weird shit bond does in the first part of skyfall yeah where, where the like, train ex- explodes or whatever yeah where the train just falls apart but he just like just able to like walk onto the moving car yeah i think that was inspired by this because he jumps off the detached no, car no, no. he train. doesn't jump no he drives his fucking car off the detached car tree like the car yeah. Yeah, train yeah. into the one that has fucking hairline in it crashes his car through so now there's no distance he's ready to fucking fight like hairline and so jason fights him what's this there's a cat yeah i guess there's a fucking cat here yo so yeah no no the funny 
Is it me? I like this because when he cra- when like Statham launches his car through the train car. Now Statham is a slasher villain. He is stalking and he is wrecking Hairline. Here's the thing about oh, Hairline. Man. He is not a strong bad guy. No. When he when Statham finally gets his hands on him, it is definitely a one sided fight. Like, and honestly, Statham just looks like a fucking stock, like fucking Michael Myers, the freaking <laughs> horror movie. As he's just like stiff walking towards like, hairline, like, like rich dude in like rich douche in the first movie, kind of put up a fight. But I thought, but I was like, okay, whatever. And then uh, late lies dad was just a rich dude. Chad Chim from the first movie put up a pretty equal fight to him, but yeah, they a established falling plane. Yeah, but this one. This 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 Johnson, what a bitch this Johnson is. Yeah, no. Whichever so he wrecks him, and then there's a moment where freaking like Statham was able to grab the key from him to switch to take out the freaking bomb bracelet and throw it onto Johnson, where he then throws the key off somewhere. Eventually, is like freaking Statham then just like freaking turns on his car, puts it in reverse, and has the freaking car like reverse off the train, which then hairline realizes, oh, okay, whatever, and he realizes no. The bomb. So he hops onto the Audi, but then eventually, like, no, he tries to chase after Audi, but actually, no, he's still on the train when the Audi, like, falls off and he realizes, no, I'm about to blow up and blows up. There's a great one-liner by Statham where, where because a second ago he was like, you know, Frank, you're really, I'm paraphrasing, he's like, you're really good at this. I'd like to offer you, uh, I hate to see talent go to waste, but I don't think we're a good fit. So he's like, you're right. But then when he gets the, the cuff on him, he goes, you and the bracelet. You were made for each other. <laughs> I know. That was great. So then, yeah, um, bad guy's dead. He goes out screaming like a bitch, like Light Yagami in the Death Note manga. That was great. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Red and Statham are reunited. The uh, minister and gets a call being like, hey. From the inspector. Yeah. And he just rips up the papers. Because he like, signed the papers. But here's the thing. The papers weren't processed. It's like, oh, hey, look. So I just got my daughter back. Uh, <sighs> fuck you guys. And then the tanker gets raided by cops. Yeah. And then we see the inspector and Statham, like in the opening shot, just ha- them hanging out and fishing. Yeah. And uh, freaking Frank Martin, uh, one of the few action heroes to actually like straight up just walk away into the sunset with his best friend and with his uh, and with his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Because so we was, see Red's hanging out there. That was a, yeah. She's like the trying to fish, but then we got Red where she's like, "Oh, I know a pretty awesome restaurant where they have beautiful fish with cracked pepper and the and the carrots and the corn. Fresh cracked peppers. Really yes, bad. and yes. What are we getting for dessert? Ooh, I don't know, Frank. But let's go find out. And then the movie ends. I'm not gonna lie, that was a pretty good ending to this trilogy. It was there was no like overarching story. It didn't turn out that Hairline was like secretly like Rich Douche's boss, or he was the one that contracted Chad Chin in the last movie. No, these are three separate stories. They where like the, the first one feels Frank the most Martin, different. Yeah, where the where the character Frank Martin just randomly finds himself in a sticky situation. Yeah, and the first one he's chilling, and the second one he's going on vacation, and the third one he's like, okay, I'm casual about this shit now, and then yeah, at the end. He's chilling with his best friend and his girlfriend. I'm like, you know what? Good for you, Frank Martin. And here's the thing. I like the concept of the movie where it's like, oh, hey, good guy has to be stuck to his own car because it's a bomb. I'm like, how many movies have you had that? And then, like, you have 10 scenes where, like, well, what the fuck? He can't be, like, at a certain distance from his car or the or he'll die. So, like, yeah, no, especially him, like, diving in the water or, like, when the dude jacks his car and he's straight up just, like, Usain Bolt hunting it down. And parkour through Eastern Europe. Uh, yeah, no. 
Statham rules. We got we, these are good movies. We're totes watching Crank. Which I think they get more wild because that one he's tense to keep himself alive. Yeah, and just I oh man I I only ever saw bits and pieces of those movies. They came out when I was younger, like oh, middle, like, like watching- in middle school. But I remember, I remember I've seen scenes and moments from the movies. I'm like, oh Jason, you wacky guy. But it's like. Man, he had two successful franchises going on because those crank movies made a decent amount of money. Like that and, and Transporter. This third Transporter was actually the most successful one of the three. So, well, I think because like the other two. Well, like, yeah, because the other two, everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then yeah, no, I watched the, no, I watched the third one. I was like, "Yeah, no, this is like a funny movie." Oh, dude, Red's hilarious. No, she's pretty good. Like, is she great acting? Oh, fuck no, her acting is atrocious. <laughs> but like her character, I'm just like she has. I'm sure funny her native singers. language, she's better. Oh yeah, no, like. Believe me, it was hilarious. Frank, no. They have all the guns. <laughs> I'm like, how did that make it in line? So next week we're beautiful. gonna so next week we're gonna watch the reboot? No. No, I'm just we're kidding. gonna watch Crank. All right. Well, I ordered a pizza. I need to go grab that. Oh, okay. I also have to piss. So everyone, thank you for listening. This is the Doctor Death Danger radio show with your boys, James and Edward. I hope you all have a good one. Adios. Adios.